where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what? Good morning, everyone, and happy hump day to you from the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It is great to have you with us on a Wednesday. We got a lot coming your way. Uh, first of all, good morning, kids. How are we doing? We're all happy today, aren't we? Good morning. Good morning. Sun, morning. It's, it's sunshine oh, lollipops. Oh, oh. I remember, guys, and we're headed towards my favorite time of year. It's the end of August. But I just remember the intensity of the Cardinals-Mets rivalries of the late 80s, and I feel exactly the same. Uh, CD, you grew up 1985 Cardinals, Mets and uh, Mets and Cardinals rumbling down the stretch. Two best teams in the National League. I I don't know that this is the the same though, Randy. I mean, I don't know. Cards and Padres aren't doing it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Coming up on the show today, Brooke. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's the comparison. I am just excited to see a win like that I'm last excited. night. Yeah. Smiles. I, I just. I'm excited. Not just about. Win. Not no. that comparison though. Yeah. So uh, we've got Ask Uncle Randy coming up. You can send in your text to the uh, text line, which is brought to you by our friends at Air Comfort Services. Three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! For Ask Uncle Randy coming up in fifteen minutes at the bottom of the hour. Greg Amzinger, special Wednesday edition of Greg because. <laughs> You I put talk, him on the spot. I put him on the spot. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good job, Ryan. Uh, he, he's going to be in the air tomorrow, flying to St. Louis for Lindenwood's opener. Nice. And so uh, we're going to talk to Greg on Wednesday today. He says he's ready to rock and roll. Uh, Howard Richards, our buddy from the Mizzou radio crew, is going to join us in the 8 o'clock hour Mizzou opening things up tomorrow night as well. And then later on in the show, 9.30, Adam Wainwright, who's been sensational his last two starts Wednesdays with Waino. But we start with the Cardinals' dramatic, heart-rending 6-5 victory over the San Diego Padres last night at the ballpark. I don't know how I'm here this morning. I, I really don't. <laughs> you have to be excited. Oh, man. Just some energy in this group. There was a lot to like about that game. I know where we're at right now, and I, I get it. But at the same time, just seeing a moment like that. Now, would I rather have seen it in, like, June or something? Sure. Yeah. yeah but Maybe. It was just exciting to see that last night. And the great thing about St. Louis is we dissect 162 baseball games. <laughs> yeah. We treat every baseball game like it's a football game. Yes. And so last night... Uh, Zach Thompson on the mound, and the uh, Padres take the lead in the first inning. Tatis Jr. with a sacrifice fly uh, to score the first run. Then Nolan Gorman with a base hit to tie the game in the third inning. In the fourth inning, Azokar with a base hit to score a couple of runs to make it 3-1 in favor of the Padres. But then the Cardinals started coming back. Jordan Walker with a sack fly to make it 3-2 in the fourth. And then in the sixth How inning... How about that? After... <laughs> How after, about that? After Camposano homered for the Padres in the top of the inning, 
the Cardinals started their comeback. Contreras facing him. He's hit the ball the hardest of all the Cardinals. And hits this one a mile high to left. Soto going back to the warning track. Leaping try. Can't get it. A towering home run. Woo-hoo. Wilson. Yes. I thought Juan Soto was going to catch that. I did he was a little, I'm he was so very glad close. we didn't get him because yeah. he wouldn't have caught. You know, he, he just wouldn't have. I'm so glad we didn't get him. Uh, Hassan Kim with a sack fly in the eighth inning to make it a 5-3 game. And you're thinking, okay, Cardinals down two runs, eighth inning. It ain't happening tonight, kids. But Wilson Contreras is on our side. And Paul Goldschmidt reached base ahead of him. Swing, fly ball, well hit center. Christian How about that? How about that? 5-5. Five, five. We go to the 10th inning. A great play by Mason Wynn to keep the ball on the infield and really save yes. the game mm-hmm. yep. and keep the Padres from scoring in the top of the inning. And we'll get to the Mason Wynn play later on in the program. But then in the bottom of the inning with Mason Wynn, who made the last out at second base, <laughs> Richie Palacios comes up. And I don't know what the hell he was thinking, uh, but he bunts foul, strike one. What's that? Yeah, there you I don't know. Okay. CD, I don't know. a do or die sack bunt. Mm-hmm. And then kind of a, a kind of a slug bunt. And then another foul. So it's 0-2. Oh, it's 0-2. Oh, yes. And he gets the bunt down against Josh Hader's slider. So he swung. He swung. Oh, no, he really. bunted the ball, Kerry. He, he did. He bunted. Well, he you, l- had to, you had to give me a description <laughs> of what happened. Do you remember like when we were kids? Uh-huh. Like how Ozzie Smith would just hold the bat yeah, and with two hands <laughs> yeah, with yeah, the and hand at the That's barrel. exactly that happened. He did that? That happened. It, it, what? It, it, yeah. A, a really, no, it wait, really in real life. Way, in, real life. Way, in real life. A yeah. do or die sag bunt. That wow. actually, how about that? He sacrificed himself It's a sacrifice. Yeah. Whoa. That is so. Yeah. I. I know. I wow. could not believe it. And then they, the Padres, Bob Melvin, intentionally walked Paul Goldschmidt. Smart move. Nolan Gorman was set to come up, but Tommy Edmond was the pinch hitter. And the Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. Swing, drive down the left field line. Let's go home. Cardinals win it. Chip the call on Bally Sports, and the Cardinals do win nice. at 6-5 over the Padres. Rock found the sign that is hanging in the Cardinals locker room. <laughs> What's it say? No bunts, hit yeah. fingers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it, right? Is it, is it a little ironic? That's their motto. Yeah. Is it ironic that yesterday we were discussing about the reliance on the long ball? And yes, you had the moments, especially Wilson Contreras. What a game for him. I mean, it, huge for him. And you had the home run, but all also, uh, two home runs from him, but still, you had the small ball happening, that was and we wonderful. were just we just wanted to see that this season. I think that was huge to see that. And Ollie, look, he pushed the right buttons last oh. night. It worked out. Do you think that he told Richie to go for that, or was that Richie doing that on his own? I hope it was him doing it on his own. Um, I hope. Oh, I hope too? the analytics. <laughs> I hope he said the hell with your analytics. <laughs> I hope that somebody on the team had the the, the guts to say, you know what? Nah, no. nah, I don't care what you yeah. all say. Now, normally Josh Hader's throwing 135 miles an hour. Yeah, it's hard. But to he bunted against the slider. Here is the Cardinals, the, the wonderful Cardinal skipper. It's not easy. Um, we felt like it was our best shot there in order to give Goldie or Eddie a chance there. Um, and Palacios did his job. He stuck his nose in there and got it down. So very nice job. He didn't say whether he called it or not. No, it worked lefty out. On lefty too. That, that was a. <laughs> did you butt. order the code red? 
Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right I, I did. We, we came up with the decision, and uh, you know, it was 0-2, and we, we decided to do it. And let's yeah. not yeah. dismiss <laughs> Zach Thompson, who gave four innings, three runs in his four innings of working through 91 pitches in the four. He was not particularly efficient, but he, again, gave his team a chance to win. Too much work, way too much work for the bullpen. Thank goodness for Casey Lawrence. Holy smokes, has he been something. Every time he goes out there, he's given the Cardinals 11 outs. It's crazy. <laughs> I've never... I mean, he's 35. He's, he's Roy Hobbs. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that was the Cardinals. They, they were over in, when they were down after the seventh inning. They either had zero wins or two wins. It was one or the other. I can't remember what Chip said. But yeah. they ain't have a lot. No. Mm-hmm. After losing, after being down... Seven, in yeah. the seventh inning, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty good. Trailer. And uh, I, I always, uh, guys, I'm old, so forgive me. Do have we determined that it's Ho Ho Romero or Yo Yo Romero? Yo Yo Romero, Yo Ho Romero, Yo Ho Romero, yes, yes. So he struck out three, didn't walk anybody, threw for two innings, allowed a couple of hits, and the Cardinals get the win for Yo Ho Romero. And they play the finale of the series today at the ballpark, one fifteen contest, as the Cardinals take on the Padres. How'd you like to? Well, I guess it's pretty good to be a Padre fan because that probably means you live in San Diego. <laughs> it's <just> beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> all year I, long. I think you just have to put that it's in, just in like perspective. Perfect weather. Yeah, you may have never won a World Series. You might have only been to a couple of World Series. But, but you, you live in San Diego. But you live in San Diego. You start talking <laughs> negatively, and then you look out the window, and you're like, "Oh, oh, okay." Yeah, okay. Beautiful place. We, we can handle an extra inning loss to the Cardinals last yeah. night. Why do you think Rockies broadcasters are still doing their job? They look out, yeah. see mountains. Oh, oh, oh okay. No, 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 no. That's a little different because yeah. it could be ninety degrees one day and you know snowing the next. Mm. It's not. That's not a. No, 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 no. It's different. San Diego is like perfection. Weather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. San Diego, the meteorologists on TV, they record the week's forecasts on Sunday night. I don't even work for you. That's the easiest job out there. It really is. Here's if you have a 61 baseball team. Imagine if you looked out those windows right now and it was just mountains. Picturesque. Snow. Uh, Miles Michaelis to the mound today. He'll be opposed by Rich Hill. 115 over at the ballpark. A couple of other notes. Alex Cobb of the Giants last night goes eight and two-thirds before allowing a hit. He almost had the no-hitter. Man, it's amazing how often. It happened to uh, Michael Walken, his rookie year here, how often a a pitcher will go eight and two-thirds hitless and then allow a hit. That's tough. That's frustrating. I was at that game, too. I was, too. It was a good one. It was. Uh, uh, Boy, was... I thought he was going to be... Well, he wound up... He's really been good, Michael Walken. Hi, Michael. (laughs) I know you listen to the show. Uh, But, uh, yeah, he's... listening. He's with the Padres. Yeah, he's, he's, you think he's, he's up? Oh yeah, he's, you think he's up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's going it's to first. Seven a.m. He's going to first watch. He's walking over to the Clayton first watch. Okay, he's got All the right. app on. Yeah, he lo- he loves us. We're That'd be so. It, it, imagine he is doing that exactly right now, and he's like, <laughs> wait, he's hell like hell looking around. He's like, where, why is there cameras on me? <laughs> so uh, anyway, Alex Cobb almost threw a no hitter for the Giants last night, but he didn't quite do it. And a uh, couple of notes from the NFL. Uh, number one, Jonathan Taylor not traded by the Colts, so he's going to be there, and he won't be able to play through week four because he's on the pup list. I don't know what the Colts... Well, I, I don't even know that Jimmy Irsay knows what the Colts are doing right now, but they've got problems there. I think, you know, that was a, an intriguing thing that took place because you you wanted to, you wanted to trade him if you're the Colts. I, I believe that they did. I whether or not they were looking for a first-round pick, they weren't going to get that because they don't even view him as a 
first round pick in, in terms of how they want to pay him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you would hurt your own team by not activating him off the pup list mm-hmm. is intriguing to me. I, I, you got a young rookie quarterback. You got a guy who, who is going to be starting his first game in the NFL. You need and. Jonathan Taylor is the best player on that roster offensively for sure. Yeah. Why you wouldn't have him off of the pup list and ready to play is mind-boggling to me. Maybe it maybe it is a, a a sign that they do plan on trading him because you don't want him to get hurt, which would decrease his value obviously in a trade. So maybe there are talks that he will be traded. That would be the only reason why I could see them not activating him and, and keeping him on that pup list so that he wouldn't play. But you are hurting your team in the process. Yeah, that's what I don't exactly get what's going on. And also, just selfishly for fantasy, I was just watching and also looking for constant updates on whether or not I should take him. So who is it in our fantasy football league that took Jonathan Taylor? I think it might have been BK. I almost took him. I, took I him was considering league. it too. Were you and you were, were you also on Twitter or X, I yeah. should say, like, okay, is there any updates yet? Is there any updates? I took him in another league and now I'm... <laughs> He'll land somewhere. He'll be a yeah, dolphin. I got to wait four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And Trey Lance got started with uh, Dallas. He said that uh, he looks at his arrival in Dallas as a breath of fresh air. So the Cowboys have, he's going to be their number three quarterback to start. Cooper Rush is going to, they gave Cooper Rush a big contract. I heard Jimmy G talking about what was going on in San Francisco, and it was like, he had some comments about it. And then one other one for Kerry's team. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Uh, two punters for the Steelers. Oh. <laughs> you don't have what I mean. Listen, it's a bold strategy. You got you to gotta have two guys, right? You don't know. You got a short guy. You got a long guy. You got a guy that can spin it backwards, and and then you got a guy that can kick it deeper. When you you all this is this is the new analytics that you all are missing out on. You clearly the NFL clearly has not caught up to this. We're gonna keep two guys because we got two special guys that can do two special things. Secret weapons, Secret huh? Weapons. Yeah. yeah. Spectacular. Are they trendsetters? What the hell is going on there? <laughs> uh, it's the opening drive. Uh, it's 713. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It is hump day. It is Wednesday. So we have Ask Uncle Randy coming your way. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line. 314-399-9646. 314-399-Yo-Ho! Or, and this is fun, you can email askuncleRandy at 101ESPN.com. Because oh, you can send an email. The email machine, huh? Yeah, how about that? We got that rocking around. How rolling. about that? <laughs> <laughs> did you guys hear Chip do the how about that I last did. night? He did. You didn't hear that? Oh, that's great. Was, yeah. Was did he catch it? I think so. Yeah. Did, did he tell you? I think he said it. You can uh, hear it on there. How about that? How yeah. about that? <laughs> he did it. <laughs> so now we have it. We can clip that and compare I the two. I love this. <laughs> Something has, and it's all because of Mel Allen. It's it's a wonderful thing. All right, coming up, we've got Ask Uncle Randy, 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Before we get to... uh Ask Uncle Randy in just one moment. Uh, Brooke, you're the shopper of this group. Are you familiar with the store Maurice's? Maurice's. 
Maurice's. Maurice's. M A U R M A U R I C E S. Maurice's. Mm. Uh, no for its fun and friendly customer service and trusted stylists, Maurice's offers a warm and welcoming experience in stores and is guided by its greater purpose of making a positive difference in the lives of women who are at the heart of its hometowns. New store opening uh, in Chesterfield Commons. Oh. It's at Boone's Crossing, Maurice's. Good good for them. Yeah. I have not heard of that. <laughs> somebody, somebody sent me an email. Some PR person. How about person. that? So how right. about that? Uh, so, so there you go. So, uh, now, so now you have another place to go out in Chesterfield Valley, Maurice's. For some reason, I feel like it sounds like it wouldn't be in my age range. Let me check out. Okay. You know, what do you think? It's too Maurice. Some people call me Maurice. She's yes, checking it, it out. Says, it says women's clothing. Okay, yeah, well, I am okay. a woman, so that's go. good. Okay, that narrows it down. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I have never heard of Randy, this. Randy, I've never heard what competence means. No. I don't know either. <laughs> I've, I've, it's it's never what I figured out. Steve Miller Band, the the best, sneaky best concert I ever saw when I was an usher, and it was back in the day. Uh, I, I, I like the Steve Miller Band, but man, they put on a show. It was like... It wasn't the best concert I ever saw, but it was the most surprisingly good concert mm. I ever saw. Mm. I just didn't expect it to be good. Pompadence. It's it's made up word. Okay, good. I'm glad you looked that up. Okay, so now <laughs> all we, this time we already have an Ask Uncle Randy answer. Let's go with another one though. What what questions do we have up there on the text line? Three one four three nine 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 six four six. Three one four three nine nine. Yo ho. What do we got? CD, where were you? <laughs> I, was, I wasn't paying attention. Don't worry about it. Wow. It's okay. I, I, we were missing that depth, that In other depth. harmony. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, I'll be better. <laughs> hey, Uncle Randy, I remember as a kid helping my dad wash the hot rod green van while listening to Jack Buck, Mike Shannon, and, and, and Cardinal Baseball. How did you and your dad spend time with baseball? Uh... That's it was kind of the same thing. It was uh, like out on the deck in the listening to to Jack and Mike or the uh, the uh, radio was going in the basement. My, my dad had a lot of hobbies, so whatever hobby he would do at any like he loved to go fishing. He would take uh, me and my brother up to Canada every summer, and you could get KMOX up there, Thunder Bay, Ontario, mm. on the English River, and you could listen to uh, wow. Cardinal, Cardinal nice. Games up there. Uh, so we did that, or he loved to work in his garden, or he loved to build model airplanes, and really, during the summer, whatever he did, uh, the radio was with him, and that's how we consumed it. That's awesome. Nice. My dad told you we went to, the, my dad and I went to the Michael Walker game, where he mm-hmm. almost threw the no-hitter. We were at the uh, NLCS when, when Jim Edmonds made that catch. Uh, we, uh-huh. He loved baseball, man. Like he was a baseball junkie, and so I was living in LA when David Freeze hit the home run, mm-hmm. and I, he just called my phone screaming. Like, <laughs> what are you watching? Like, what are you watching? What are you watching? What are you watching? What are you I'm like, oh my god, oh, that's amazing. So he was losing. He was so excited, man. It was a uh, that was the same thing. Cardinal baseball was was the thing that he loved most. Well, and it's. And Brooke, with your dad too, sports is such a bonding experience between parents and kids. It is. And that's what I grew up with. My dad loves sports radio. Absolutely loves sports radio. So everywhere that we went, in the truck, he would have sports radio on. And the same thing, like if he was doing something outside, even probably right now, he's walking around, he has this like portable radio that mm-hmm. he carries around while yeah. he listens to us every morning. Um, that was just some of my biggest memories is just, you know, hanging out with him. He'd always have it on and just reacting to it. It's, it's such a special way to, I don't know, bond with a parent and just all the highs and lows. Say hi with to your it. dad. Come on. 
Hi, Dad. There we go. Hey. Steve. Hey, Steve. Is your dog named after your dad? Uh, yes. Well, that <laughs> and Stevie Nicks. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, we've kind of, it was the best of both worlds. Two people that we really like, Stevie Nicks, of course, <laughs> Steve, yeah. amazing. And then uh, Steve, my my grandmother would call him Stevie, so it works out. I think yeah. Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks are going on tour or on tour together. Are they really? Yeah. Wow. So, so now you know, now you know. via radio. Uh, Uncle Randy, I am facing. You a call- want me to explain? So I don't think I've ever I've told the morning show. So now you know via radio. When I started in radio, there was a guy named John McCormick at KMOX, the man who walked and talked at midnight, and uh, he would sit, no lights on in the studio except one reading light, no shirt. He was like ninety years old, <laughs> no all shirt, wrinkled. Like he he, he might have weighed one hundred and ten pounds. No, sitting in the studio, just a reading light, and like at one or two in the morning, he'd say. Uh, now the temperatures from around the world in Morocco it's 74 degrees and sunny in uh, Peru it's 81 degrees oh. yeah. and he, he had every town he had a name for you know a, a nickname for every town it was unbelievable so one of the things he would say when he finished the weather is so now you know via radio <laughs> and it was a swell guy yeah uh, not you didn't really want to w- w- walk through the studio because you couldn't unsee it. Uh, but you could not see it. So not. what? Was there a reason behind the no shirt? I have no idea. Oh, so nobody just knew he would just do it. Comfortable, yeah, he okay. would just do it. Unfortunately, I never looked under the studio desk. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How comfortable did he get? Huh? Good for you. This guy's my hero. Uh, Dear Uncle Randy, I'm facing a crossroads where I have three job opportunities that are all equally desirable in their own way. One is a very lucrative deal, but it's backbreaking work. The second is where I'll be doing a lot of math as well as have a significant amount <laughs> of pressure on myself for average pay. And the third is a job which I am very passionate about the subject, but it pays the least of the three. Oh. What would you do? Live your passion. Live your passion. That is what I would do. Now, here's one thing, and uh, if you listen for a long time, you understand that one of the the tenets, one of the the tent poles that I have in life is never work hard. Okay? So the one that has back-breaking work, just leave that out of it. Scratch that one, even though it pays the most. Scratch it off, then. The the second one... Did he say it has a lot of math? Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. (laughs) So if you're passionate about something, I tell you, you can never buy happiness. And if that job is financially worthwhile, even though it doesn't pay the overwhelming pay, where you'd have to give 100% and do the backbreaking work, or it doesn't pay as much as math, where you have to do math, uh, I would suggest. <laughs> what if he's got a math degree? What if he's well, a math okay. major? Then you're never going to avoid what that one, huh? That is like, okay. what he went to school for? There are, or she. Yeah, <laughs> there are people that like literally see math problems. They, they see math in 3D. If you're one of those people, then have a math job, all right? Because you can do math for other people, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, if that's me, if it's Uncle Randy, I can't pull that off. Yeah. I would get somebody else uh, to help me with the math, somebody who does see the math in 3D. I do not. <laughs> so um, <laughs> another tentpole part of my life, and it's kind of like this one. It's, it's along the lines of never give 100%, but it's always take the path of least resistance. And uh, if you're making money at your passion, go for that. That would be Uncle Randy's suggestion. I, I know some people want to go for the money, but uh, money's going to be hard. 
And that's that's resistance. I don't want resistance. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially yeah, the second one sounds the worst because it involves math as as well as a significant amount of pressure on myself for average pay. Yeah, yeah that one that yeah. one's easy to eliminate. Average I think. Pay. Going for that yeah, one. average pay, math, and a lot of work. Mm. I agree. <laughs> Dear Uncle Randy and Cousin Carrie, am I a fool for having high hopes for the Illini basketball team this year? CD. Oh. I don't think you are, by the way. Uncle Randy says no. Um, Brad Underwood is a really good coach. I like Brad Underwood. I do, too. I, I mean, Regular on the program, is, uh, friend of the show. He is uh, intense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people can't handle the intensity. And sometimes maybe it may feel like it's it's crossing the line. But I think uh, our AD, Josh Whitman, who was my former teammate, did, did a good job of hiring some coaches here in the last few years. I think Brad Underwood will figure it out. They, they've had some, some people leave the program over the last couple of years and – uh, we'll see how they're able to rebound. They, they, I thought that they would be better the last couple of years and and leave second round mm-hmm. exits in the NCAA tournament, uh, which is frustrating. You you would hope that they can get it turned around. It, let's start with beating Mizzou at the uh, bracket yeah, rights yeah. game, and I'll let you know then. And it's hard to win the Big Ten, hard to win in the Big yeah. Ten, and it's hard to win in today's environment with the transfer portal and the one and dones that you still have and you, you use a uh, lose a guy uh, the, the big guy that came out last year uh, from the fighting Atlanta we'll get the text but then you lost IO a couple of years ago I mean it's yeah. you lost it, it, it's not as easy to win at basketball on a consistent basis as it used to be my Cookburn no. Yeah, that's it. Kofi. DeSumo and then Kofi. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kofi. Kofi. DeSumo was killing it, though. Love what he's, he's doing. doing. Great. Yeah. Um, oh, that was a different one. Look at that. <clears throat> Uncle Randy, my, a little advice for the last texture. My husband is a middle school math teacher. Worst combo of the three. It's his passion. He has to do math, and it's really hard work, especially the night now. And Don't go that way. <laughs> if he's a math teacher, he's not getting paid. But it's his you. passion. But he's a teacher, uh, yeah. and teachers don't get nearly no, they, enough. No, no, no they shouldn't. They don't. And respect. Yeah. Math teachers, too. That's a hard one. Um, Uncle Randy, my son just started preschool, and yesterday he got bit. How do I not strangle this other kid? Hey, that's part of being a kid, you know. It's uh, kids bite, kids bite other kids, and uh, yeah, you don't, you certainly don't want to strangle the other kid. You don't even want to punish the other kid, uh, and you don't want to tell your kid to bite back because you don't know what that other kid has. Well, so you, it's the kind of thing where you just deal what with the other it. kid has. What would they have? Oh, yeah. I have a rule. You never know. Vaccinated. I have a rule. Yeah, that's true. I have a rule. Hmm? Yeah. If your kid bothers my kid, I bother you. Simple rules. Uh, so life. it's a parent to parent thing. Oh, but it's man. Mono, man. mono. Hey, t- your kid knows not to bite people. Should. Or maybe you want to get bit. I don't know. Maybe you, he's you, a vampire. Maybe he is. Maybe, maybe he's that's a, what he's He t- identifies as a taught. vampire <laughs> in oh. his home. But if your kid bites Stop. my kid, me and you are going to have a conversation. Did you ever have any mishaps in preschool? I fell off a uh, a wooden fire engine that I was riding. <laughs> Boom. Did I got you? this. I, I got a scar on the bottom of my chin. I was like bleeding like a baby. Really? Was like, oh yeah, my mom had to come and take me to the hospital. Oh, I I, yeah. I, well, I was at the YMCA. Uh, I was probably seven or eight. I was a little bit older. We were jumping on mats like real high, so we kept stacking up higher and higher mm. to see who can get up there. And I, it, the mats were right up against the wall, <laughs> so obviously, I eventually. <laughs> Right, dead smack into the oh, wall, into busted the wall. my lip. Oh, I had no. a knot on my head this big. They were looking at my lip bleeding. They were like, oh, your lip's bleeding. And, Damn the lip. Look at this. <laughs> 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 Look at this knot on my head. Oh, it wow. was huge. 
They're like, oh my God. Yeah, it was it was a knot, a real knot. I, I think this maybe showcases the differences between young <laughs> girls and oh, boys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I like to go play outside and things like that, but also was very caution. I don't know. I didn't I didn't get into too much trouble like that. But <laughs> I think yet. from what I've understood, I think young boys are a lot more adventurous in that way oh, than yeah. young girls. Don't have I was sense. I was fine with just hanging out and, you know, drawing or playing tennis or I don't know. Uh-huh. I never got into anything like no, that. No mishaps. Yeah, perfect little yeah. angel Brooke. I'm, I'm not sure. saying I was a perfect yeah. angel at all times, I gotta, but I got to believe Matthew Rocchio had a mishap that caused some bleeding. Uh, in yeah, preschool, in, in life though. Oh yeah, you know, I, I stacked a thousand stitches before I was ten years old. Oh, there you go. So you yeah, I, I was. Wow. Uh, I, I got myself in a lot of dumb situations. Um, so yeah, I was in the hospital a fair amount of times. Oh man. Yeah, don't get pushed through windows, folks. Yeah. The the all time mishap story is, and we'll get to Greg Amsinger in a moment. But it's it was Brendan <laughs> Shanahan, who uh, got slashed in the mouth during the second period of a game here in St. Louis, last game I think of the '94 season, maybe '93. And so uh, his lip was completely like a half inch down, just completely sliced. He's bleeding. You could see the trail of blood as he goes to the dressing room. And they're in there furiously working on him, the, car, the Blues medical staff, trying to fix him up. Oh, by the way, he came into the game with uh, 49 goals with um, 100 and, or no, not, 49 goals, 98 points, and something like... Uh, 189 penalty minutes, whatever it was. So he he just gets slashed, and he's on the room between the second and third periods, uh, gets all stitched up, and just, you know, 140 stitches or whatever. Chaser comes over to him, and uh, Shani says to him, how do I look? <laughs> and Chaser said, buddy, all I can tell you is more chicks for Chaser. Oh. Shani comes out. So the, the third period starts, and Shani makes this dramatic entrance like three minutes in. Goes out, and he had already assisted on a goal. Goes out, scores a goal, gets in a fight to get to 50 goals, 100 points, 200 penalty minutes. First guy in NHL history to <laughs> there do it. You go. With, the, wow. with the chopped up nice. uh, lip. He was unbelievable. And, and that's, a, that's a hockey player, baby. There you go. <sighs> Danny, he was, another one. Another, yeah. another example of hockey players just being insanely tough. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And the Blues actually wound up getting great value in getting Chris Pronger for him. We got lucky to get Prongs. Hi, Prongs! Uh, Prongs is going to be playing in the uh, Ascension Charity Classic Legends series. Oh, nice. So, looking forward to that. And he's going into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame in Congrats. a couple of weeks. So, we got to get Prongs on the show. Let's let, let's effort him. Matthew, you're the producer. Yeah. I just... I just uh, there we go. He's writing it down. There you go. Uh, coming up next year on 101 ESPN, <laughs> Greg Amsinger, MLB Network's lead anchor, a product of the Lindenwood University. He's next on 101 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, we were uh, talking in our last segment about preschool mishaps and uh, Carrie jumping up over some mats into a wall and banging his head and causing a, a lip. I, I had a chin issue that obviously caused a lot of stitches. Uh, Craig Amsinger, MLB Network from uh, the Lindenwood University, a native of St. Louis, noted Cardinal fan, joins us now. Uh, and Greg, we know you for your hair, obviously, but also your rugged good looks. Was there anything in preschool, maybe as a youngster, that threatened that uh, that beautiful face of yours? Yeah, uh, her name was Kate Bernard. She was kicking her leg back, and she was leaning against a chair. And I was walking with muffins. I had to pass out birthday muffins. It was my birthday. And I turned around, and she smoked me in the mouth with the back (laughs) of the suit. It knocked out it knocked out two of my front teeth oh, on my birthday. Oh. On birthday. This is actually kindergarten. It wasn't pre-K. But real quick, I got the best pre-K story ever. So my daughter's going to this bougie pre-K in Manhattan. <laughs> and we are by far the youngest parents in this room, okay? It's the first day. Now the day before we watched a movie and a guy gives a, 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 a movie star uh, the middle finger, right? He flicks him off. And my daughter asked me what that's about. I go, it's something you should never do. So we're sitting on circle, it's circle time on the rug. And all the parents are sitting in like theater style seating. Teachers are on the rug. My daughter's sitting there facing the entire crowd, right? And all of a sudden, this little middle <laughs> finger starts popping up. No. And we're like, no, stop. We're like panicking completely. <laughs> My daughter flicks off 40 parents on the first day of preschool. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> That's classic. That's, That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. It's great, right? Yeah, yeah it is. It's fun. a reflection of our parenting. It's a reflection of my parenting. I think. Yeah. Hey, what would you think of that bunt by the Cardinals last night? Uh, you know what? Small ball works for me, man. Do anything you can. Anything you can. Um, there were a lot of weird things that happened last night. A curtain call for uh, Contreras. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, he's, he's he's the beloved, which is a good thing. I will say this: I, I was looking at the dugouts of both teams, and I'd rather be a Cardinal than a Padre right now. Mm. Think about that for a second. Their vibe is terrible. They had no life in that dugout at all. Uh, uh, Fernando Tatis is sitting on the top step with a towel on his head, and it looks like he's not interested in anything going on in the game. I, I, I really think the Cardinals have a better mojo, believe it or not, than even the San Diego Padres. I'm trying to find out which team deserves the Bummer of the Year award. And there are many teams in play for this. You've got the Yankees as a disaster. You've got the San Diego Padres, all the moves that they made. You've got the New York Mets, Scherzer and Verlander, who are supposed to be epically good. Then you've got the Cardinals, who had two MVP finalists from last year. And then you got the Angels, who decided to hold on to Otani, and it became the worst baseball decision in the last 100 years at the trade deadline. So I don't know which one of those teams is going to take home the bummer of the year, but I got to come up with a trophy. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I got to come up with a trophy for that. Greg, were you surprised with Adam Wainwright's last start, knowing the struggles that he had the previous few starts? You know, he didn't have anything to get swing and miss, but he grinded. 
six innings. The fact that the Cardinals couldn't get him to win is heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, from everything I'm hearing, they're going to do everything they can to get him those wins, those two wins. And you might see him pop up in the third inning of a game where the Cardinals are winning 5 nothing. <laughs> they're going to get creative. They're going to try to see if they can get him to 200 career wins. The way he competed the other night, uh, he mixed his stuff up a bit more. I think the sequencing was better. I, I do believe Adam Wainwright will end his career with 200 wins. I think we're all pulling for that. I think everybody's pulling for that for sure. Well, Greg, of course, we have to ask you about the big news coming out yesterday about what in the world are the Angels doing? Putting six impending free agents on waivers, potentially it's a salary job, of course, which is just very intriguing. Can you break that down? And what is the likelihood you think of maybe the Cardinals trying to pick some of those guys up? I think a lot of people are looking at Giolito. Well, I think, look, if, if you can land a guy and get him in your uniform and show him how great the culture is before you talk turkey, before you talk about a long-term contract extension, it can only help. So bringing in Delito, even though they're a last-place team, I think it, it, it makes sense. Spend money to make money. It makes sense to get him in the uniform, show him the culture, show him that we're really interested in you. Uh, he hasn't been you know, knocking everyone down. He hasn't been striking everybody out as a member of the Angels, but he's still got premier stuff. As for why the Angels are doing this, uh, Perry Manazian has egg on his face. I don't believe he wanted to hold on to Otani. I don't believe he wanted to make the moves with the Rockies to get Grichik and Crone and go all in. I don't think that's what he wanted to do. But ownership is a completely different animal. And to me, this reeks of an ownership decision to go all in and try to get to the playoffs to help keep Otani, who's his cash cow. And it reeks of another ownership decision of, oh, hell, it didn't work. Well, I don't want to pay these guys $7 million for the last month. Get rid of them all. This is an owner overriding the the instincts of a front office executive and it's unfortunate because as of right now i, I think i think they're a mess i, I think I, I think the angels are, are a complete mess i don't know how they move forward uh, without a complete rebuild uh, and i think otani isn't coming back but it's it's, it's going to move on to mike trout what do you do with mike trout to pay a guy this much money and have such a bad product on the field we're going to see the Angels taking headlines in baseball for the next year and a half, I think. Greg, there are a lot of really good things about the wild card in baseball. And the wild card is never going away. It's going to be here. However, how fun would it be if you had the Rangers, Mariners, and Astros, who are all tied for first in the AL West right now, how fun would it be if only one of those teams made the playoffs? Ah, that's nice. I, I agree. That would be great. I do miss the one wild card game. Anytime you have an opportunity for a lose and go home situation, it feels like a game seven. I, I, I'm into that. They just got so much pushback. They being the commissioner's office from the players' association, from the players themselves, that this isn't fair. Uh, the, the the organizations didn't like it all coming down to one game. Uh, I hear you on that, um, but I, I like expanded postseason, Randy. I, I really do. I was a purist for a while, but to see all of these fan bases get into it. I mean, I went on the air the other day. Uh, I think it was a Saturday. First off, why am I working on a Saturday? We can talk about that a little later. But then I look at the standings, and I'm like, wait a minute. The, the Seattle Mariners made up seven and a half games in ten days. 
Now they're in the playoffs. If the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs in 10 days. So I was like, Washington Nationals fan, hold on to your seats, okay? There's seven and a half games out of a wild card spot. This was as of Saturday. Baseball is a wild game. And because of the expanded postseason, you can make up ground. The unthinkable can happen. And I'm into that. Growing up in the 80s, knowing that your team was out of it by a week after the All-Star break, to me, was a bummer. So I, I like the fact that hope still prevails and teams can squeak in. I like it, too, but I don't think they need to be mutually exclusive because it was so much fun. I was talking earlier about the Mets-Cardinals rivalry in the 80s where one team was going to the playoffs and the other team, which was probably the second-best team in the league, was going home. Or the 93 season where both Atlanta and San Francisco, I think they both wound up winning 103 games and one of them had to go home. Uh, I love that drama, too. I, I love having the expanded playoffs, but that drama was sensational where you could have the two best teams in baseball or at least in a league rumbling down the stretch and one of them was going home. Yeah, now to me, I'm looking at it from a television executive perspective. Yes, you are. That sounds pretty dramatic. Like, wait a minute. You're going to have the New York Mets overflowing with superstars. Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, Ron Darling, Keith Hernandez. This team moves the needle. You're telling me I've shelled out all this cash for postseason television rights, and they might not even make it? That is where I see That's true. We're trying to grow it. We're trying to get as many stars in postseason baseball as possible, and we want people to tune in. I think the more stars, the more markets, the better in the month of October. Greg, what, do you, uh, what are your plans when you get here this week? You're, you're, you're just going to the football game. You're not able to stop by and see us. We, we wanted to see you, Greg. <laughs> we were looking forward to seeing you in studio, and unfortunately you, you don't have plans for us. You know, I, honestly, honestly, I didn't get I, I didn't get a haircut, so I, it's not nice and tight. There's nothing to see. There's nothing to see. It, it, the, the style isn't working. I, I, I'm overbooked with golf. So I really have to time to go get a haircut. So other than that, I don't know what I bring to the party. So I don't think you're missing all that much. I really honestly don't think so. All right, just checking. Well, we were waiting. I mean, we had like a present for you, anything. We thought for sure you were coming, Greg. Oh, well, a present? We didn't mention present. Ah, now we're talking about well, now you'll never language. know. Yeah, you'll never know because you had to be here in person to get it, Greg. I'm swimming by. I can take an Uber. I can keep the Uber car running and uh, running to get my present. I can figure something out. We'll get creative. Okay, so we got to know why you were working on a Saturday. Uh, bad agent. I, I, I've been mad at him for a while. I've been mad at him for a while. He needs to get back to pressing the pen on the paper. Now, listen, listen, let's say I've got a great agent. Uh, you know, when you go through, uh, networks go through all the ebbs and flows, and they try to find out what works and ratings at peak and whatnot. Well, believe it or not, baseball is a heavily watched sport on weekends. I didn't know this for 14 years. So <laughs> fans like in baseball on Saturdays and Sundays. So they pulled me aside. They were very cordial about it. And they're like, we would like to squeeze you into one of these two days, Saturday or Sunday. And I agreed to it. And I, a couple of weeks ago, it was me and Albert Pujols in our smaller studio called Studio K. And I go, Albert, there's way too much firepower in this closet right now. The two of us <laughs> in the studio, this is not right. 
but I'll do whatever. I'm a team player. You know that. And they also coaxed me into doing it through a gift. So they gave me a gift, and it made me work, and I'm fine. I like it. And it allows you to come to watch your beloved Lindenwood Lions start off their season tomorrow night at Hunter Stadium. I will be there. I will be very loud. Listen to my my smoker voice. I will be screaming all over the campus. I uh, I, I really look forward to it. Uh, unfortunately, the schedule doesn't play out that I can come to a lot of games this year. But if I could come to the first home game to kick the season off, I'm all in. Randy, I know you'll be there, and I'm going to be wearing my Lion Pride gear. So show up, say hi, because I'm going to be kicking up the college football season in St. Charles, Missouri. All right. And are you uh, are you doing MLB tonight? Tonight. Yeah, I'll be on. Okay. A little baby show. Yeah, they're making it up to me, 9 to 9.30, I think, Eastern. Okay. Don't do uh, like an Alex Cobb. Don't only give me 27 minutes of programming. Give me give me the full 30. <laughs> <laughs> I won't let you down. I won't let you down. My final strike will be better than his. My final strike will be better than his. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> See you. See you tomorrow. That's uh, Greg Amzinger, MLB Network from the Lindenwood University and a product of St. Louis, Missouri. Nice. That's <laughs> Greg is hilarious. If only he would have come here to see the amazing present. That's oh yeah, oh, he's you know? missing out. Now, you guys are so mean. Do we? Are we going to have to just eat the uh, welcome Greg cookie cake I ourselves? So. Yep. Kind of seems like it, right, guys? Yep. Yeah. Like it's with us now. <laughs> yep. Sorry, pal. Take it or leave it. Coming up, three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! We've got Tioli next on one hundred one ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Matthew Rocky, Randy Carricker. Okay, I sent you guys this text yesterday from Peggy Kaczynski on X. <laughs> Quote, oh, no. And this is in regards to the shooting that happened at Guaranteed Rate Field, where the White Sox play. Uh, and Peggy reported on the X. She said, as I reported on ESPN 1000 just now, the shooting at Guaranteed Rate Field during a White Sox game was indeed an accidental discharge by one of the women grazed by the bullet. She reportedly snuck the gun in past metal detectors hiding it in the folds of her belly fat. Take it or leave it. While you are, are mildly disgusted, you also want to see her. Nah, I'll leave it. I'm oh, okay. you want to see what she looks mm-hmm. like? I just mm-hmm. don't. Who sneaks a gun into it? Under the folds of the belly Come fat. On. Come on. Nah. I still don't even understand, because wouldn't it still go off? Even... Yeah. Even underneath the fat? Ideas. You'd think, you'd think, but you I guess not. Because like when I got pins in my wrist, when I broke my wrist, they gave me a card. said, you're going to set off uh, airport metal, metal detectors. detectors. So I had to have a little card. So you would think maybe her belly fat folds are really large. I don't oh, know. Uh, but yeah, you would have thought it would have set it That's off. a lot. Nah, she I'm has okay. to be pretty large. I would say so. I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna go leave it. And also, just when when people find ways to get a you know a gun passed to security, don't tell everyone how they did it. 
Oh, well. well maybe keep their cards close to well, the vest. they got to figure it out. They have to. But don't publicly tell Don't tell people. Oh, they're going to get it out. Keep that one close to the vest. Yeah. Some scofflaw is loading up on Reese's and McDonald's right now. This is my chance. Reese's scofflaw. That's so bad. Brock, this is for you, obviously. FIBA, basketball, world, USA team. Won yesterday. They 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 beat a team 110 to 62. Take it or leave it. Michael is the greatest basketball player of all time because they named a country after him. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. Yeah. Add that. Yeah. Add that to the list. You don't have a, you don't have yes. a LeBron, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, team USA beat Jordan yesterday. There you go. <laughs> Just add to the case. Rock care to respond? How do you beat that? Uh, well. Harry apparently never met, never met my friend Chad from high school. Oh no, no. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's I better. I than, don't know if he's better than Jordan. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Yep. Talking about getting countries oh, named after you. Just saying. I, I thought the country was named Michael, and I hadn't heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Well, where, little did we know that there's a country named after Georgia Frontieri for bringing the St. Louis Rams oh, here and winning a Super Bowl. How about yeah. that? Okay, so math and geography. Two things that we maybe not yeah, shouldn't get into okay. here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, to make those jokes, you have to know geography, Brooke, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Randy with oh. wondering about Michael. Oh my gosh. So we were talking about <laughs> waivers with the Angels earlier, but also the Yankees placing Harrison Bader on waivers. Take it or leave it. Take it. The Cardinals should find a way to bring him back or leave it. They shouldn't. I'm going to get it. your takes first. I'm going to leave it. They, they've had enough outfielders. They got enough guys. And they got, they got infielders, infielders in the outfield. In the outfield. <laughs> yeah. You got to star a, a gold glove second baseman patrolling the center field for you. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And there are teams actually that are in the playoff hunt. Now, I don't know. I, I can't imagine the losing team is going to pick up Harrison Bader. He's hurt all the time. It never really turned into the offensive force that the Cardinals hoped he would be. He's terrific defensively when he's out there. But how often is he out there? That's one of the reasons that the Yankees put him on waivers. But I would think that he would be a better fit elsewhere rather than St. Louis. I I wasn't. Well, okay, take it or leave it. He'll end up in the Cardinals division. So maybe, maybe with the Cubs, maybe with somebody else. Um, I'm going to leave that. No? You never know. I was surprised just to see some people wanting to see him back. And look, I, I love the energy that Harrison Bader brings. I just think the injuries, we've we've seen that enough with the outfield season. Yeah. How about uh, how about the Houston Astros for Harrison Bader? Mm. Be a good fit. Yeah. They're going to overwhelm him with analytics. He doesn't like being overwhelmed with analytics. I want to I, I want to get a we should do a a poll of Major League Baseball players that actually appreciate the analytics the way that front offices do. Yeah. I'd like to know that number. Somebody it's two different questions. Why? I want to know. No, I want to know the number of. I want to know the percentage of players that are in tuned and and enjoy the analytics. There's because a lot of there's a lot of guys who enjoy analytics. There's a lot of guys who probably think their team takes it too far, though. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Is there's, like, there's guys the who love getting they certain numbers. They understand the analytics in terms of how it gets them paid, but in terms of actually playing the game, how do you and how much they utilize yeah, it I, I, in their everyday? You, yeah. 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 Uh, let's get a couple of texts in. 
Take it or leave it. The Cardinals managers and coaches are still up right now trying to figure out how a bunt produced a run. I'll take it. They didn't sleep last night. No. They're trying to figure out what Richie did. Wait, what the hell? There? What is he doing? <laughs> what is this this thing he's doing with his yeah. bat? So here's the thing. If you, like, what is that? If you get a, that was illegal. This would be, it should be illegal. If you Wait, get a high, on, do that? high on base guy. And I, I gave this yesterday, and uh, actually John and Ricky were talking about it on the radio broadcast last night about how teams don't use the sacrifice. And the statistics for when you score first are overwhelming. Overwhelming mm-hmm. when you score first. The team that scores first wins a vast majority of the time in baseball. And I, I was talking to you guys yesterday about it. In the first inning, Jim Leland, great manager. I, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but he should be. Uh, but he, he had a really good middle of the lineup. He had Van Slyke hitting third. He had Bonilla hitting fourth. Uh, and then I think Sid Bream hitting fifth. But Bonds was their leadoff hitter, and Bonds was getting on base about 40% of the time. And Jay Bell could bunt their shortstop. So Bonds would get on, Bell would bunt him over. 39 sacrifices in 1990 for a team that won 95 games. And then inevitably, Van Slyke or Bonier or Bream would get the guy home, would get Bonds home. I don't know why teams don't do that more now. You think that they, to torture like analytics guys, they make them watch 80s and 90s baseball? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, Sit they, down they, and they, watch they, this. Make them watch Whitey Ball. And, and, and not, no! Not, not, anything but that! Yeah. Not only did the 1985 Cardinals wind up with uh, 314 stolen bases, but they also wound up leading the league in run scored. Oh, wow. That's got to be just full Anything. on just full on That's, clockwork orange and it's just yeah, Ricky Henderson's record setting steals highlight. This going to get thrown out and We're going to waste it out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hold on, let me find the uh, I I I'll get another number for you here. Sacrifice hits for the 1985 Redbirds 70. 70 sacrifices for that team. Just so uh, and the Cardinals now have, what, 15 or something like that. Just a little different. Tape little after tape of Bob Gibson facing the order for a third time. Oh, man. Oh, they, they no. Are no. Just, I, no, no, he can't. Not again. We're old school. Okay, one more. Take, take it or leave it. Zach Johnson with the easy route by giving JT a captain's pick. He just wanted to satisfy his boys club. JT is going in on name alone. Yeah, I'll take it. I, well, yeah, we we discussed that with Jay. Was that a week or two ago about the possibility about, about Justin? Oh, about, about week, about oh no! Nice. I, I well keep done. trying to sneak it past well you guys. <laughs> about a about a week back, yep. we we discussed that with Jay Delsing and asked him about Justin Thomas and just maybe some of the history that he had been there for that factor in. So I I would take that. I think that definitely factored into it. JT is a leader among that group, and he brings even even though the golf hasn't been great this year, he brings as Scott Boris would call it the prestige oh, factor to yeah. the Ryder Cup team. And he can hit the daylights out. I took my kids one time to uh, BMW Championship at Medina. I was wearing that shirt yesterday. And JT uh, is 309 yards from the pin. And swing. he weighs 150 pounds. Swings from his heels. I mean, he just swung the daylights out of the club and got it within 10 feet of the pin. He's got extraordinary talent. And he takes his, his parents on vacations. So uh, he's oh, a great nice. guy. Good guy. Great guy. That's so, nice. yeah, so he should be on the team. I'm with that. Why not? They weren't going to win. How about that? They weren't going to win in Europe. How about that? They weren't going to win in Europe anyway. They're going to win. They're in Italy. They've never played. It doesn't matter. I don't think they're going to win. You just have to get special golf balls. Uh, Coming up. (laughs) 
Has City SC surpassed the Cardinals in regards to how much attention you're paying to them? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. From uh, City, and they play Dallas tonight over at City Park. It is at City Park, right? Pretty sure. Uh, they have uh, loaned midfielder Isaac Jensen to Viborg FF. He's going to play in Daneland for a while. Uh, Denmark is the oh, Denmark. It's Danish league. Denmark is Danish. the country. Chocolate chip Danish are <laughs> the best. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's oh, what he's referring to. It's oh, okay. Adjective form for people from Denmark. <laughs> they he's are. to a patient. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. What is this, a school for ants? Sign me up for that. Oh, okay. Right. And then they, they loaned another player, a young player yesterday, right, Matthew? Yes, they loaned out one of their goalies to USL side Indy 11, one of their City 2 goalies. So, uh, so he plays on uh, the youth side. The what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, one youth. <laughs> one youth goalie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's all, one of the all-time greats. <laughs> it is one of the all-time greats. I um, am, and I, again, I don't profess to be an expert of the beautiful game. I'm not. I'm I'm a novice, okay? But I love City SC. I love watching their games. And I'm on a golf course on Saturday. And a couple of the guys were uh, just completely zoned in on St. Louis City SC rather than the Cardinal game. Hmm. And I'm wondering how many people that has become the case for. When it's City SC or the Cardinals, and the Cardinals play this afternoon, so you won't have that conflict. But if it's, if it's, if it's City SC or the Cardinals, are you all in now, because of the way the Cardinals are going and the way City SC is going, are you all in on soccer? I have kind of reached that point. At, once we got to pass the trade deadline, if there was a, a conflict and both games were being played at once and I wasn't in a place where I could watch both at once, I lean towards the soccer team I don't know that I mean I think it's because City is playing so well right now and the mm-hmm. Cardinals are not I think that may be part of the reason why you have more people tuned in or, or leaning in that direction I don't know that it's necessarily taking over what the Cardinals are or what they're doing there are still a lot of things in in, in soccer that you know are different from other sports like loaning a player off for an entire year where he won't be on your roster Mm -hmm. like that's not something you would see from the Cardinals loaning a player to another country for an entire year because that's their main so we don't get a Rosarina back is what you're telling (laughs) me I don't think that's gonna happen I mean we can try (laughs) we can try I don't think it's gonna happen though well you know somebody just texted NCD from the 636 that City SC soccer and Cardinals baseball are like separate Food groups are like separate. Well, there's a period. Sorry, yeah. shouldn't have been there. But are like separate food groups. The Cardinals are like steak, meat, and potatoes. Soccer is like pasta. You enjoy enjoy them both for what they are, but you have to eat them differently. So it's kind of with what you're saying. It's just two very different things. Yeah. I do think, though, with the way that the inaugural season has gone with City SC, 
just surpassing all the expectations nationally for what people were thinking that any inaugural team would be able to accomplish in their first season. I think that that um, says a lot about City SC. The fans are very passionate. I tell everybody, because I've had some people ask me, have you gone to a City SC game? Like, should I go out to a City SC game? I'm like, you need to do it. Yes. You need to do it. Because I know not everybody is a soccer fan. There is already a huge soccer history here in St. Yeah. Louis that is very rich, very passionate. The Luigans, also everything that they've done to just really keep that momentum coming mm-hmm. into this with City SC and the fan base. I mean, the energy at City SC is something that is so different than what you experience at Cardinals and Blues games. And it just feels like a very unique experience to go to. And their style of play is extremely exciting to watch because I think some people who aren't fans of soccer think, well, I don't want to go. You know, I've, I've watched on TV and it, it can be a little slow at times. With City SC, their style of play, it's it's so intense and aggressive that's and me. exciting I'm, to I'm, watch. That, that, that's what fan I am. There's a here's a text from the six one eight. I prefer to watch soccer, but unfortunately don't have Apple TV, so I gotta watch the cards. That's where we're headed. Do you think that that I mean that could be a a reason or, or part mm-hmm. of the reason why people are more in tune to the Cardinals because it's accessible, accessible. Yes. much easier to be accessed. So I, I I think that has something to do yeah. with it as well. Watching you have to search and pay to watch St. Louis City unless they're on they've been on free TV a couple of times, right. but if not, it's uh you had to pay for it. Right and. For the hardcore soccer fans, they, they have no pro- problem paying for it. It's uh, th- That's where they're going to make their expenditure, probably at the expense of the Bally app and, and watching Cardinal Baseball or cable or whatever. And by the way, one of the reasons for that is that the soccer fan, by definition, is younger. The average MLS yeah. fan is 40 years old. The average MLB fan is 57. So the I, I would say the, 40, the average 40-year-old, so for every... 45-year-old, you've got a 35-year-old, is much more likely to be in tune with purchasing Apple TV and making that commitment that way and probably not watching baseball at this point. But I just, uh, uh, congratulations to City SC, and we know the Cardinals aren't going anywhere. We know the Cardinals are always going to be king of this town, but in this particular year and at this particular time, because of the novelty and because of the success of the uh, the soccer team i i do think that it's much a much closer uh, thing in terms of popularity than i thought it would be i agree and it is. i think when the first time city was on tv on fox against the cardinals they beat them on a saturday afternoon we need a uh, rock cam in here rock uh Read a text. No, it needs to be on at all times. Rock read a text and was so disappointed in the texter's response. He asked, "Have you? Do you know anybody who has watched Ted Lasso?" The texter reply, reply "I don't know who that is." I think the texter's lying. I think the texter's lying. Shook his head in such disgust because I'm not believing him. What? I don't believe him. I don't believe him. What did I just read? The texter said, "I don't know anybody who has Apple TV." And then I asked him, "Well, do you know anyone who watched the Ted Lasso show?" And he's like, "I've never heard of that show. I've never heard of that person." I'm also saying you're lying. It's a Great show. You're, he's lying. He's, he's, he's heard of the show. How? How? Because do you it know? was it was a sensation for three straight years. That doesn't mean that. that you can't. Mean you, no. If you are in any way right, so plugged you, into the cultural zeitgeist of, of America, you know what Ted Lasso was. You, have you seen here. Suits? Have you watched yes. Suits? I just learned about Suits three weeks. Yes, ago. but it hit Netflix and you immediately knew what it was because yeah, everyone was Netflix, talking about how it was, it was really good. Yeah, but, but that it, it stopped what year? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, but Suits was on USA Network. It was never it Ted Lasso. Was, no, it, big. it was. It was. It was a small time show. show. It's a good show. Though. It's a fine show, but it was small time. 
Ted Lasso was the biggest thing in, in pop culture my for like apologies, chunks Matthew. of three years. That's all I'm saying. I, I do apologize for my my uh, take on suits. Well, I mean, in comparison to if you knew, Ted Lasso. if you cared about the Royals, you would have known years ago. Carrie, come on, uh, Megan Markle, jeez. Uh, I've known about I, the Royals I since I, I was a kid. Right, Vanilla, City. Buddy Bianca Lana, Freddie Pontek, Whitey about? There's so many people texting in saying they don't know who Ted Lasso is, and I'm very surprised. I thought that what it was just Ted a big Lasso? hit. What is? No clue what Ted Lasso is. See? Performative. It's a great story. Performative texting. I love it that Rock be. knows all. Mm-hmm. Rock knows everything. You, got, you would know Ted Lasso. Do you, do you just have the, the tie? A tie? Yeah, yeah, that's in, like, in America. A tie would be known as a sign but of the apocalypse. I was apocalypse. on a plane, but you were aware. But like, you were yeah, aware I've of people talking it. about yeah. it around you. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I've heard of it, and that's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but only, it was good. Yeah. The, the couple episodes I Again, watched was really good. I'm not saying he's he, he's he never. I'm not saying that if you said I never watched it last, so I'd call you a liar. He's saying he'd never heard of it, and he doesn't know anybody who has Apple TV. I'm saying. You, you know someone know who does. You don't know who, who he knows or she knows. He's texting into a radio show. He knows some people who has Apple Come TV. On. Fair enough. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we've got a bird watch for you. And uh, the Cardinals did win last night, so it's going to be a real bird watch. We aren't even going to allow bird droppings today. No? We are. No, uh, no we're going to be a happy group. Okay. We are going to only do. Yeah, we're only going to do that next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. Randy, and it is time for a little bird watch on 101 ESPN. You know what, guys? What do you got, Randy? This is happy. This is this is happy. Yeah, we were 20 games under 500 yesterday, but we're only 19 games under okay. 500 right now. Okay. <laughs> Trending so, in the right direction. Skipper, it's been a rough year. So you get a dramatic win like that. How's that feel? Uh, really damn good um, to hear that crowd get into it and give them a reason to get into it um to walk somebody off to come back from behind all of it uh, feels good and uh we wish we would have done more of it um but we got a month left and we gotta um, continue to fight the way we're fighting yeah keep fighting like you had the four games before last night um <laughs> what that what doesn't did, matter did, they won what, 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 <laughs> why, why the shot it's not a shot. They were fighting. It's the truth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, uh, no, it's, uh, it should. Congratulations to them because that's, you know what? It, things are spiraling downward. And to get one, uh, it's a rare victory. I mean, the, the Cardinals are 57 and 76. It's rare. And when you have the good feeling from a game like that, you should savor it. That team is fatigued. They're tired, and not physically tired. They're mentally tired. Even the celebration wasn't as joyous mm-hmm. as you normally see from a walk-off hit. It just – it was, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? It was – It was. they're thrilled that they got the win, but they are They are fatigued. And losing can drain you. It yep. takes your it, – it feels like it takes years off of your life when you lose in the manner in which they are losing this season. Good for them to get a win. Let's see if they can repeat it tonight. Today, I agree. I I think just <laughs> just seeing any of that, just being able to play the small ball and what's that? I 
You know, CD, I, I forgot about it for a little bit, honestly. Chicks dig the long ball. They so, Did they you guys told like that, that text? I love that yeah. text. Yeah. Chicks dig the long ball and the small ball. Yeah. yeah. That's what she said. Anyways, um, so <laughs> my my bird watch is going to be Wilson Contreras, guys. And somebody texted, texted this in earlier. Yes, we need, we need to... You know, clap to that because Wills Contreras, what he's able to do, especially in this second half of the season, Ollie Marmol talked about it last night. You can even tell Wilson in his post game comments, he spoke about it. This is the Wills Contreras, especially offensively, that you were hoping to get and what the Cardinals were hoping to get. Everything that happened in the first half of the season, we've discussed it. That was terrible what happened. Everybody knows that. But the way that Wills Contreras has continued to handle himself throughout all of this, I always say you look at the player, how they handle adversity. Are they going to crumble underneath that or are they just going to be able to, you know, rise to the top? And Wilson, the way that he has responded by this as a you know person, as a player publicly and then also at the plate, I think says a lot. And with Wilson, too, uh, it was just great to see two home runs from him last night. And bless Bless you, you. CD. (laughs) And to be able to, because we've been talking about with this offense, you need more from the veterans, right? Because, of course, the young guys are going to be young guys. It's going to take them a minute. But I think it's important for veterans like Wilson Contreras to really set the tone offensively. It doesn't have to all be on them, but at least kind of open it up for the younger players to get a little bit more acclimated to the game. And they will follow suit. That's what I felt like you saw last night. And Wilson happened to have... His parents in the stands. Mm-hmm. They're staying with me. I saw them before I came out here, and then um, I got their blessed. That's that, that's, a, that's the biggest thing that they can they can give to me. And uh, like I said, I'm just proud of uh, having mom and dad in town. Pretty cool. It is. That's such a sweet moment yeah. for to be able to do that in front of his parents, and just that seeing him. You know, hype up the crowd and the crowd just really embracing Wilson that moment. I, I tweeted out last night. Every time that Wilson's happy and do and does something like that, an angel gets its wings. There you go. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, and I good for him. I feel bad for him because I I'm with you, Brooke. I think that he's handled the situation in a pristine manner. He had that bad slump for a while. But in terms of the way he's handled things publicly, I, I don't think that he could have done it any better than he has. And I feel sorry for him because he didn't ask for this situation. He's been put into a tough situation. But I think he's handled the situation as well as somebody could handle it. Yeah. Don't feel too bad for him, Randy. Well, I, I You're just, saying that paycheck helps? The, the paycheck <laughs> helps. But, you, know, I, I, you don't want to be the guy that replaces the guy. You want to be the no. guy that replaces yes. the, the, the guy that replaced the guy. I agree and, with that. And he's the expectation not only of us as fans, but the expectation of the organization was that he was going to replace Yachty. And that's when everybody in a town expects you to replace and perform to the level of a legend. Pretty hard thing to do. I think he, I think this is probably, he, he would, I don't know. I don't know him well enough, but I think he would probably say this has been one of the most challenging years of his career. Mm-hmm. Just, as you mm-hmm. said, replacing a legend, coming over to an organization where you were a rival for so many years and, and knowing what you had to, what the expectations were for you. And I think he's faced every challenge with grace, with dignity, with honor. And, and, you know, even though his back has been up against the wall at times, he has come out fighting, come out swinging and still here, still standing. That to me, if you can't be proud of a player in this moment and what he's done, despite all of the critics, despite all of the conversation around his name, you will never be proud of of what a guy can do. He's a guy I think we would all agree. 
He's the kind of guy that, as a fan, we should all root for. Yes. yes. Because he's he's the essence of a fan favorite. The way he competes, the way he tries, the joy with which he plays, the way that he cares about the way the fans feel. He, to me, is like the essence of a fan favorite. Yes, he I is. agree. And, and props to the fans, too, for really rallying around him, which I think that they have done this season. I don't know if the front office and the Cardinals were expecting that kind of backlash whenever they made all those decisions earlier this season, but the fans showed him why. Yeah. Best fans in baseball, because they all have really rallied about him, around him and wanted his success. Well, mine is, I don't know if it's a bird. It might be a drop, but it's a, no. He said no, but I, I get no. it. So we're going to It's flying we're and dropping at the same the, time. Yeah, we're flying mm-hmm. over. We're going to talk about the starting pitcher, because starting pitching, because mm-hmm. uh, we had Jesse Rogers on yesterday, and I asked him what was the issue. It, it's the starting pitcher. Thank you, Rock. And so I looked at these numbers. The Cardinals, for their starting pitchers for this season, ERA, they are ranked 26. How many teams are there in the major leagues? Oh, they're 30. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. they bottom. Bottom. Bottom mm. five. Yeah, that's not 30, good. 30, uh, 28, 27, 26. Be five. Cl- oh, five. yeah, we math okay. that. Strikeouts, <laughs> they are 26th. That's bottom mm. five again. Yep. Yeah. So so this is this this is just our starting pitchers. They're just the starters. Mm-hmm. How the number of strikeouts they have this season. What would Gene Stallings say? Kind of scuffling. Kind of scuffling. In hits allowed. No. In hits Don't allowed. Do it. Hold on. No. In hits allowed. Okay. We're number one. Yeah. Oh, no. We're number one. Yeah, but we're number oh, one, no. Randy. We're number one. We're, we're number hits. one at something. It's allowed it's for, for our starting pitchers. We're number one. That's like, in a, that's like being number one in murder rate. Oh, oh. oh no. It's not, it's not good? No, it's not. But it's number but one. If you hate first, you're last. If you hate first, you're last. <laughs> you guys are right about Which that. you're last in some of those other categories, you, but at yeah. least you're first in something, yeah, right? Second place is 54 hits. Hits less has 54 hits less. They are they are giving up a lot of hits. They are sure. not very good in earn run average and strikeouts. They're not good either. And so the starting pitching for this season going into next season obviously is going to be the main focus. We'll figure out what they do in that role. Go and get those three. Number one, pitchers. Randy. There you yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> that's the motto. <laughs> At least they're first in something in that category. <laughs> 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 Just maybe. Uh, there's your uh, mic drop or bird dropping. <laughs> oh, we need a fighter. Bird dropping slash uh, bird uh, watch. watch. Yeah. yeah, we're watching. We're watching we're these. Watching. these yeah. We're watching, watching the birds. Poop. If you, That's what we're doing. <laughs> if you would like to participate in the fight, all you need to do is text into the Air Comfort Service text line, and the Air Comfort Service text line number is three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo. Uh, just text into that number with your name and the word fight, and you may fight me today here in the fight on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener. For the opening drive, I'm Terry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Ryan. Ryan, how you doing? 
I'm doing well. How is everybody else? We're doing Good. great. I love the energy. It sounds, yes. sounds like you are ready. Ready to yeah, roll. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Last night, for just the third time ever in his entire career, Clayton Kershaw's curveball was taken deep by a lefty. Which Cardinals lefty famously took Kershaw deep on the same pitch in the playoffs? Is it Skip Schumacher, Matt Adams, or Matt Carpenter? Um, let's go Matt Adams. Happy birthday to Adam Wainwright. We know Waino as number 50, but which uniform did he wear for his two games in 05? Was it 90, 70, or 60? Hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, let's go 60. Keith Hernandez made his Major League Baseball debut on this day in 1974, starting at first base. Which Cardinals started the majority of games at first base that season? Is it Reggie Smith? Dick Allen or Joe Torre? What was the, can you read the response again? Reggie Smith, Dick Allen, or Joe Torre? Let's go Reggie Smith. Despite holding many passing records when he retired, Brett Favre threw touchdown passes to only one NFL Hall of Famer. Who was it? Randy Moss, Sterling Sharp, or Mark Clayton? Let's say Sterling Sharp. All right, we'll double check our scores and then we will bring in Randy Carricker. Ryan, how you feel? Uh, not super great, but okay. uh, you know, had a couple of guesses in there. <laughs> were Were you looking for one sport in particular that was uh, there or uh, not there? Oh yeah, I'm a big hockey buff, so oh, you know, we didn't oh, have no any question would have been nice. <laughs> Good job, Rock. No, no hockey. hockey questions. Oh. It's all his fault. Oh, my bad. <laughs> we'll send you I didn't get any email. basketball in there either, so, uh, so you know. Yeah. Randy, say hello to Ryan. Ryan, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Everything's great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. Yes, of course. All right, Randy, are you ready? I'm ready, sir. All right. Last night, for this for just the third time ever in his entire career, Clayton Kershaw's curveball was taken deep by a lefty. Which Cardinals lefty famously took Kershaw deep on the same pitch in the playoffs? Well, famously, if it's a left-handed hitter against Clayton Kershaw and it's a member of the Cardinals, it would have been Matt Adams wearing number 53 uh, in the playoffs. So, yes, I will go with Matt Adams hitting a home run against Kershaw and the curveball. Final answer? Uh, Well, if it happened famously, I'm going to go with Matt Adams, yeah. (laughs) You like that uh, nickname? Uh, which Jumbo w- Pepsi. Jumbo Pepsi is good. Yeah, okay. big city too. I think he, big which city one is one that he. He didn't like I the Jumbo J- Pepsi. I, I, I think that de- <laughs> it was the second one. I think Freeze gave him that one. Mm. I think Jumbo. I like Jumbo Pepsi I better than Big City, but apparently because Big City was already there, <laughs> they didn't give him a second one. All right. Happy birthday to Adam Wainwright. We know Wayno as number fifty, but which uniform number did he wear for his two games in 05? Ooh, how different would it be if his Twitter handle was Uncle Charlie 60? Which is what he did wear when he came up. 60, I believe. I'm going to go with that final answer. All right. Keith Hernandez made his Major League Baseball debut on this day in 1974, starting at first base. Which Cardinals started the majority of games at first base that season? 1974. Wow, I thought Keith had made his debut earlier than that, but... uh, He's a good player. They sent him down a few times, too. I think 
by 74, um, Tory had moved across the diamond. I'm going to go with Joe Tory as uh, pretty sure that, yeah, because he won the MVP as a third baseman in 71. I think they traded him after 74. So I'm, I'll go with, uh, I'm pretty sure it was 74. I'll go with Joe Torrey. All right. Despite holding many passing records when he retired, Brett Favre threw touchdown passes to only one NFL Hall of Famer. Who was it? Mm-hmm. Good one. Uh, one Hall of Famer. Do, 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 do. I will do the lifeline, Brooke. All right. Randy Moss, Sterling Sharp, or Mark Clayton? Okay, well, Sterling Sharp isn't in the Hall of Fame, so that's not a Hall of Famer. Hmm. I don't think Mark Clayton's in the Hall of Fame. Pretty sure he's not. I don't know when Favre would have thrown touchdown passes to Randy Moss. <laughs> but he's in the Hall of Fame. Clayton isn't. Clayton and Duper, I don't think, are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so I will... Oh, nine? Is, uh, Moss didn't come back there in 09, did he? Uh, to Minnesota? Was that the year? Um, I guess because I believe Randy Moss is the only one of those three that's in the Hall of Fame. Sterling Sharp, we said, right? Yep. Mark Clayton or Randy Moss. I, I got to go with Randy Moss because I don't think the other two are in the Hall of Fame. I know Sterling Sharp isn't. Because remember Shannon Sharp famously in his speech said Sterling should be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. So he's not in the Hall of Fame. I know that. He got hurt. And I'm pretty sure Mark Clayton isn't. So I will, I'll go Randy Moss, final final answer. All right. Sorry, Brooke saying all right like that made all me laugh. All right. Was? How about that? How about that? <laughs> How about that? Was Ryan able to come in here and take down Megamind on a hump day, which during the fight usually comes bump day because usually we have something go wrong on a Wednesday. Did anything go wrong in this fight? We'll find no. out here soon. Did, did Randy Carragher take down another fighter? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carragher. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Mr. Buck, you heard him there, and that means somebody got all four right. Randy Carricker wins this fight four to two. I'm sorry about that one, Ryan. Oh, it's all good. I'm just glad uh, I could participate. Good job, Ryan. Thank you so Thank much you for joining the Great to have you with us. And let's go right. uh, through those uh, answers. Last night, for just the third time ever in his entire career, Clayton Kershaw's curveball was taken deep by a lefty. Which Cardinals lefty famously took Kershaw deep in the same pitch in the playoffs? Well, let's just... <laughs> So do you guys love the uh, the meme of the Clayton Kershaw figurine and then on the lower right it's circled where it says choking hazard? Oh, <laughs> no. That's, that's rough. Uh, that's 
painful. Oh, it is. Big City Matt Adams in Bush Stadium game four against the Dodgers goes yard again. Just th- And then last night was just the third time ever Amazing. against a lefty. Happy birthday to Adam Wainwright. We know him as number 50, but he did in fact wear number 60 for his two games in 2005. Keith Hernandez made his MLB debut on this day in 1974 starting at first base. He went two for two and pulled two walks as well. Not a bad debut for a good hitter. Which Cardinal started the majority of games at first base that season? It was in fact Joe Torre. He would switch over the next season and Reggie Smith and Keith Hernandez would split the overwhelming majority of first base uh, starts in 75. And despite holding many passing records, Brett Favre threw two touchdown passes to one Hall of Famer and that was in fact Randy Moss's return to the Minnesota Vikings in week six, week five and week seven of the 2010 season wow. he, um, oh, 10. Okay. Against, the, against the New York Jets and against the Green Bay Packers, ironically enough, those are the two games where he threw Randy Moss a touchdown pass. So Randy wow. Moss and Brett Favre hooking up for two there. So a 4-2 win for Randy Carricker again today on The Fight. Ryan, thank you so much again for joining the show and joining The Fight today. Thanks, everyone. That's Ryan on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Mizzou opens their season tomorrow night at Columbia at the Zoo, and we're going to talk to Mizzou radio analyst Howard Richards about the Tigers of 2023 next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to feed the Tigers on the Opening Drive. This is the Morning Zoo. ESPN. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he will donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. At the Zoo in Columbia, Mizzou opens up their 2023 season by taking on South Dakota. And you'll be able to hear the game on the Tiger Network. That's here on the Big 550 here in St. Louis. And Howard Richards will be on the call with Mike Kelly and the former Mizzou star and great friend on the air and in life joins us now. Howard, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How is CD and how's Pup doing this morning? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you, Howard. We're doing great. Thanks for asking. And we're excited because Mizzou football coming up. It's time. It has been a long off season. Yeah. You know, and uh, this time of year, I think so many people get excited. Hopefully, uh, by the end of November, we'll all be smiling a little bit more brightly than we have in past seasons. All right, Howard, let's get right into it. How are they going to replace the production of Dominic Lovett? Well, Carrie, I think with... The experience that they've added at receiver, with, outside receiver with uh, Theo Weiss and moving uh, Luther Burden into the slot, plus the depth that they have returning, uh, I don't know that you necessarily are, are trying to replace that production, but they feel that they have a group of receivers that can step in and all play and play at a reasonably high level. Um, I, you know, of course, Dominic Lovett uh, had a fantastic season last year. Um, but with the guys that are on the roster now, they feel um, that they won't necessarily miss his production. The contributions that they all expect these the receivers in that room to, uh, to contribute. Also, another big thing to watch for is, of course, the quarterback battle. Going into that game tomorrow, uh, I know Eli Drinkwitz mentioned that we'll see both Brady Cook and Sam Horn. What should we be able to expect from this competition? And how do you think that Drinkwitz and Kirby Moore will handle that? 
Well, it hasn't been defined yet if these guys will alternate quarters or play a half. I, I expect that uh, if I were doing it, I think I'd give each one a half. Um, but we'll, we, um, you know, we'll have to see how they do it. Uh, I think what I'm looking for, um, and probably the same with the coaching staff, is for whoever starts the game, whoever finishes it, uh, someone has to have command of the offense. They've got to have command of uh, of the huddle. And and be confident. You know, if you if you've got throws, the ball's got to come out quickly. Uh, certainly, he wants to see uh, much better accuracy than what Brady Cook exhibited last year. At least overall, I mean that's that's been a a point of contention for the quarterback position. Um, I don't know how much we'll see the deep ball on Thursday, um, but I expect at some point that uh, they will take some shots downfield. Um, and I think that's ultimately why you bring in – one of the reasons you bring in a guy like Kirby Moore, A, to develop more consistency, develop your quarterback, uh, but also up the production level uh, from your offense. Um, so, you know, it's something that they've obviously worked on. Um, but I don't know that you'll see a whole lot really, really early, uh, especially in this it's an FCS Howard Richards, Mizzou analyst, joining us here on 101 ESPN. And H, the Tigers have the second most experience returning in all of FBS football. How important is that? Well, certainly as you approach the SEC schedule, uh, I think it's vastly important. Um, you want these guys to feel confident, A, that they can compete with whoever lines up against them. Wasn't necessarily the case last year, although, you know, we, they lost four games by a total of 18 points, four critical games. And I think some of it had to do with a lack of experience, you know, in key areas. Um, the offensive line certainly <clears throat> was an area that had some newcomers along that offensive line. Um, but I expect this year with the, the change at the offensive line coach, bringing in Brandon Jones from the University of Houston, I think they'll be coached better. Uh, I think the players that are that will be on the field lining up week in and week out will play with a lot more um, confidence and more direction. Um, so, you know, having that depth at multiple positions, uh, to me it's a luxury that Missouri hasn't necessarily had over the last couple of years. Howard, I couldn't help but notice when we returned and, and brought you in, there was a an ad for NIL and the Mizzou Collective and the fund. So tell me, explain to me and, and us how this Mizzou Collective, how this NIL can help Mizzou going forward with players being able to get paid as soon as they decide to commit to Missouri as opposed to some other states that aren't allowing that. Well, I think what it allowed the university to do um, is make the whole NIL name, image, and likeness package more more attractive. Um, it gives you, I think, a slight advantage over um, you know, some of the Blue Blood programs that are also recruiting uh, in the St. Louis area, whether it be Bama, whether it be Georgia, whether it be Michigan, whomever it is. Now you have something that says, you know, I've, I'm a kid, you know, I'm, uh, I have this ability and I have the ability to go in and make money, now I can do it sooner, uh, you know, depending on when you commit. Um, you can do it a lot sooner than your signing date. And for a lot of these young men and young women, depending on the sport they play, um, that can be very important depending on their particular financial situations. 
Uh, we're not always talking about, you know, thousands of dollars. You know, it, it could be hundreds of dollars, uh, but something that's important, you know, to that particular young man or young woman. I think that's the edge that, you know, the new bill that passed and went into effect, uh, I believe, on Monday. I think that's the advantage that it gives Missouri. Is there any fear or anything that stops that player from not committing to the University of Missouri uh, after they, I mean, not signing the deal after they've committed? They can get paid once they commit, but is there any fear that maybe some of those kids don't actually sign their letter of intent? Well, I'm not that in tune. I haven't read the bill yet. Um, but, but ultimately, I believe that, you know, there would be some sort of contractual obligation for whoever signs this, this this deal, and if if someone's bold enough to to sign an NIL deal and then flip and go to another school, I would imagine that money or whatever compensation that they receive would have to be given back. H, this will be a big year for Eli Drinkwitz. I, I throw out the COVID year, his first year, but then yeah, twenty one and twenty two, heading into twenty three. This seems to be a schedule and a team that sets up for Eli to have the most success that he's had. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so, Randy. Um, just looking at, I think the the improvement that they've that they've made in certain areas. Again, I mentioned the offensive line earlier. Um, but look at the secondary. Uh, look at the linebackers. Look at the corners. You know that production is, um, in a lot of places, it's unmatched because you have that depth coming back. Um, but I think it, it sets up and it speaks volumes about the the number of guys, especially starters, that uh, did not decide to transfer. Uh, those that were eligible that did not enter the draft and decided to return. I think this core group. Uh, of players felt that they had uh, something to prove. Of course, that's the hashtag that they're using this year, STP. Um, they felt that they had to, you know, there's more in the tank, and that they felt that in some ways that they were cheated themselves and wanted to return and wanted to be able to say, we've got the talent on this roster to be able to compete week in and week out uh, with our opponents. Um, and, and, and we deserve probably some sort of national rec- recognition. Now, of course, you know, it's all it's all hyperbole until you can go out and produce the field. But uh, I think this this group um, of, of guys, you know, to a man that will be lining up as starters on this roster have that ability. Again, it's it comes down to them producing on the field. And by the way, the law in Missouri does allow athletes to begin profiting from endorsement deals while still in high school, as long as they sign a letter of intent to attend a public university in Missouri. So they need to sign the letter of intent with Mizzou or Missouri State or whatever the school is uh, if they're going to get that NIL money. So now we know. There you go. Uh, You've stated about as clearly as anyone else can, right? H, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll be talking to you as the season goes along. Have fun tomorrow night. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thanks, Howard. That's Howard Richards. He is the analyst for Mizzou Games on the Tiger Network with Mike Kelly. And, of course, they get the season started tomorrow night as the Tigers will take on South Dakota in a 7 o'clock game at Faroe Field. South Dakota. Watch out for them. What, are, what is their mascot? Uh, the, something with a paw. I think they're something like the, the Cougars or the Panthers. Mm. One of the two, I think. If you don't know, they shouldn't lose. <laughs> How about that? Um, that's a good no point. Steve. If you don't know the mascot, yeah, you should lose. Uh, yeah. Coyotes. Coyotes. The coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Watch out a for those coyotes. Pack of coyotes. Coyotes have paws. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
Are you saying that as a question? I knew, or it, wasn't, it... I, I knew it wasn't the Trojans. It wasn't an eagle or a <laughs> right. Spartan. I mean, or it's not like Wolverine. Mizzou would ever start their season losing to a team with Dakota in the... Yeah. Uh, 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 does um does Wolverine have what's paws? What's their colors? Doesn't Wolverine They're have paws? They're red and white. Red and white. Yeah. Oh, I thought they with were a, With a paw. Yeah, See? no, no, I know. Ever since, ever since, uh, oh, South Dakota, uh, yeah. Kind ever of, since kind Nebraska of started sucking, we've been doing, we do do pretty well against red and white teams. I was thinking green because like, <laughs> no, North, no, like Norfolk, no, 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 Norfolk, no, North Orleans, no, 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 I'm good. In Norfolk I'm good. State, no, green. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, green. That's a different sport, though. Coming up next, we've got the Rush Hour reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. That's the way it happened last night at the ballpark. Chip Carey, the call on Bally Sports. Cardinals do win it. 6-5 over the San Diego Padres. Same two teams today at the ballpark. 115 miles Michaelis on the mound. He'll be opposed by Rich Hill. But the reason that Tommy Edmond was able to get to the plate is what made last night. Wilson Contreras had hit a couple of home runs, a solo shot and a two-run shot to bring the Cardinals back from a deficit to a 5-5 tie, and the game went to extra innings. Richie Palacios stepped in against Josh Hader. Richie Palacios against Josh Hader. Fouls off the first one with a bunt attempt. Second one, swings at strike two. Did not look great. Third, Fouls it off. And then an 0-2 Josh Hader slider. And the amazing Richie Palacios keeps it going. 0-2. He lays it down with two strikes. How about that? A two-strike sacrifice by Palacios. And look at the Cardinal bench. How about that? Did not see that one coming. Neither did the Padre or Hader. How about that? How about that? <laughs> How about that? We did not see that coming. No. So then Hater and well, he didn't really walk Paul Goldschmidt. The Padres walked Paul Goldschmidt because they didn't have to throw a pitch. And that brought Edmund to the plate, and he was able to win it with that uh, fly ball in, down the line and left, and the Cardinals win it by a score of 6-5 in 10. But the story of the night is the Cardinals utilizing the sacrifice, especially with 0-2. That was something that Don Zimmer would have done when he was a manager of the Cubs back in the day. You don't see the 0-2 sacrifice, especially against a pitcher like Hayter. That takes some guts. That, that did, and and you we didn't mention Jordan Walker's sacrifice uh, fly to, to, to mm-hmm. get a run across. Those are, are the things that I think this team has been lacking all season. Just the small, detailed, fundamental things. It's not always about hitting the ball out of the ballpark. It's not about launch angles. It's about scoring runs. At the end of the day, the team that scores more runs and the team that prevents the team from scoring uh, enough runs usually wins. I think that that might be I might have the it winning out. formula I right there. I just did it. I just did it. Proud of me. Yep. Proud of me. I just figured this out all by myself. And you got the how about that chorus. I didn't notice any change in like tone either between any of those three. It was it was all the same. Well, one was a sacrifice and one was a guy hitting for the cycle. Oh, yeah. How about that? How about that? How about that? I love hearing all those. That's so good. So uh, three teams are tied for the lowest number of sacrifice flies in baseball this year. The White Sox, Twins, and Blue Jays all have 25. The Tigers and Reds have 26. And then the Cardinals have 27. So they are uh, 30, 29, 28, 27, 26, 25th 
in uh, sack flies. The team with the most sacrifice flies, well, the Cardinals have 27. The Dodgers have 55. The Doyers? Doyers have 55. Huh. And uh, just for... How are they playing? They're all right. Okay. They're going to win their division. I think they've got a 100% chance to win their division. No. <laughs> uh, and uh, the uh, the Jonkies, just because we mentioned the Doyers, we can't mention the Doyers and not the Jonkies. Um Junkies don't have a lot of sacrifice flies either. So sacrifice flies are a good thing. Getting run home is a good thing. I think it works. It, it does. It Scoring does. helps you win games. Mm-hmm. Being aggressive. That's just what I wanted to see. Be we, we aggressive. Talked to, be, be, be aggressive. A G G R E S S I. B E aggressive. None of us were really good cheerleaders. Okay, I'm offbeat as well. A G G R E S S I B E. There you go. CD's got it down. CD's got it down. There you go. We just need to be on yeah, the sidelines doing that, that because yeah. that's that's what you've wanted to see do your that job. game last night. Just do your job. Just do it. You know, it's just be a little bit more aggressive at times. We mentioned wish I would have seen it maybe a little bit earlier this season at more times. Just not so heavily reliant on the long ball. We talked about it so much. Just how much it feels like that they have been reliant on the home run this season. And you know, if you look at the Braves, we discussed this yesterday. They also are reliant on it too, but they're able to use more tools in their toolbox and utilize it in many different ways. The Cardinals just, I know it's one game, and I'm not trying to get too excited. I think we all know what is not at stake here for the Cardinals this season, but I think it just was important to see that they do have the capability of doing that because this is what, that game last night is more what I expected to see from this group this season at times. And if you are going to go into next year with Lars Newbar in left and Tommy Edmond in center, and Jordan Walker in right. Arnauto and Goldschmidt are what they are. But if you're going to have Mason win at short stuff, if you're going to have Brendan Donovan playing second, you need to teach those guys how to bunt. You need to, you need to find yeah. ways, and you have to rebuild your bullpen. The way that you win one-run games is to have a great bullpen and to be able to manufacture runs in the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings. And the Cardinals and Ollie and the coaching staff and the front office, first of all, the front office butt out on the sacrifice thing and let, let us just play winning baseball here, please. Uh, so, sorry about that. You think there was an analytics guy pulling his hair out yep. when, when Richie Palacio decided I, to I don't think there's bunt on, on, yeah. on an 0-2 count? Yep. What is like, this? <laughs> what are you doing? Even though it worked? Yeah. Like, that's I, not baseball! No, that's not our baseball. Uh, okay. Well, it's you won the game, right? It's winning baseball. Yeah, and that's the key. I think the Cardinals need to Especially with that group, because I don't think Mason Wynn's going to hit a ton of home runs. I don't think Tommy Edmonds going to hit a ton of home no. runs. Newt Barr's not going to hit 40. Uh, I, I don't know what Brendan Donovan's going to do, but I don't think he's going to hit 40. So you might as well utilize those players' athleticism by having them be able to do the little things necessary to win close games. You know what else was nice? We talked about the Mason Wynn play, saving a run. Jordan Walker made a great throw mm-hmm. to third a couple of nights ago, which eventually saved a run. Um those are, are winning plays as well. Yep. Allow guys to do their job. Put the people in the right position. Let them grow in that position. Yes. It would be outstanding if you had an infield that had uh, Nolan Arenado, Mason Wynn, Tommy Edmund, Tommy Edmund. and Paul mm-hmm. Goldschmidt. I would love that. That would that, I, I would highly doubt many balls find their way through. Many balls sneak through. You're going to have a lot of double plays turned. You're going to have a lot of plays being made. Mason Wynn has an incredible arm. The play play that Nolan Arenado made that he didn't get the runner out on, Mm -hmm. where he caught that ball on a bounce and just, he is spectacular. Yeah. So you want those guys on that side of the infield. Nothing goes through. Right. And let me give you just a, a quick 
primer here because we're talking about sacrifices. This is kind of the, the essence of what we're talking about here. One run games after last night, the Cardinals are 11 and 23 this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of that in the bullpen, a lot of that not being able to manufacture runs. Here's the other one. I was talking about the, the old school pirates, old timey, my back, back in my day, uh, in 1990 when uh, the Pirates would score first pretty much every game and they wound up winning 95 games. The Cardinals are 42-24 and 24 now, 42-24 and 24 when they score first. When the opponent scores first, the Cardinals are 13, and uh, now 14-52. and 14-52 and 52 when the opponent scores first. 42-24 and 24 when they score first. So maybe, just... Maybe when you do score first in the first inning with the benefit of a sacrifice, you get that advantage that spurs you to victory. I think it helps out a lot. And starting pitching, I think, does a lot, too, with setting the tone. I know that we discussed that so much this season. And just to touch on Zach Thompson and his outing last night. You obviously wasn't as efficient as you would like to see, but I think with Zach, the more that he has a more defined and consistent role, think about all the different things that he went through this season. But to be able to get him to build up some of that consistency, I think that he will only continue to get better, or as we like to say yesterday, gooder. He's only get gooder. Keep getting gooder. This is valuable for him. This, this and, is. And even though he only threw four innings, it, this is valuable experience for him. And he'll begin to understand, I'm sure he went home and he watched Clayton Kershaw pitch too, that he needs to be more efficient. You can't throw 91 pitches in four innings and no. expect to throw a complete game. No. So, offseason, we go get Dylan Cease mm-hmm. via trade. Yep. And we hate try making to... making the trade, but we're going to. You say what now? We hate making this trade, oh, but yeah, we're going yeah, to. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're not going to like that. It's going to hurt. I don't know that we get Aaron Nola or Blake Snell. I, I just don't see that. So, you're going to have to go get another guy... I don't know who that is. I don't know. We talked about Urias probably staying with the Dodgers. Probably, yeah. Maybe it's like a Luis Severino. I don't know if, how you feel about that as a number two slash three well, guy. I, I don't. I'm not really confident in the Cardinals fixing broken pitchers anymore. Well, you gotta <laughs> find. You get you a couple of them. Dylan Cease should be one. Yeah. Put him. Yep. Put him on the yep. top of the. Oh, hundred percent. List yeah. uh, again. So, you're gonna have to lose something to get that. And this is not an affront to Dusty Blake, best number ninety in Cardinal history. <laughs> But if I, I, I would just feel better if I had if I was trying to resurrect a Severino, if I had a Maddox or a Duncan who had done that before and resurrected guys. Mm. And I just don't know about oh, Dusty Blake. We have to give him some credit because Adam Wainwright has pitched well his last. You have to mm-hmm. give some type of credit. Maybe sure. there is a uh, you know maybe he does have a little bit of fixer in him. Yeah, Randy's. <laughs> Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you, you, you think yeah. it's all Adam? You don't think Dusty has uh, has any correlation to what's going on in the last couple uh, of starts? I'm sure he shows him some numbers about it. Yeah, he, but no, numbers. Adam said he's not a, a total analytics guy. Like he thought. Remember, he said that he, he thought he that. was, he, stats but he, he's yeah. not. He mm-hmm. he actually is a, a he's a guy, one of their guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, come on. Yeah. You never know. Come on. I, I just, I live in the show me state. I, 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 oh. We, we are here as well. Yeah. So oh. just show me. That's yeah. all. You know, oh. hey, I, I, I've seen too many Ken Bobbinfields and Joel Pinheros and Todd Wellemeyers and Jeff Weavers. I've just seen too many of those guys. And then I've seen this year. Um, so I just I want to I, I want the guy to be great I do but I just haven't seen it from him yet and mm. once I do then maybe I'll have a little bit more confidence. Okay. But would I go out and give? And I've always liked Severino, 
but he's had a horrible year for the Yankees, and he's going to be a free agent. I just, just don't, don't have to pay him a lot. But that, that gives you more of what you've had this year, though. That's what we. You want a guy that is good, not a guy that okay. If we fix him, he can be good. What I want is, a guy that's good. Does he have an injury history? He, he got, had a bad, he got really hurt. bad yeah. history the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, we've got rock and roll coming up. Rock, you got what some good roll for? Oh, he's writing stuff. He's, he's, bulletins he's apparently writing. official. Oh, going. Yeah, no. the Flash from Dallas. No. What the what is hell does that say? Looking, what is that? It's really not that, really not that no, hard. What? No looking glass. <laughs> no looking at. The Cardinals lineup is out. The Cardinals lineup. Y'all, we got to look at the Cardinals lineup. I'm sorry, but that did not look like looking the first time. No, no. I thought he said Lowry. People are just fast. Figure it out. Lowry. Did you see how some cognitive skills build the words? L O U G H. Don't shame L O U G H Y. Anyway, play on the fly a little bit. Come on. You are a victim blamer. You really blamed us for your poor writing skills? Coming up on what we have. Wow. <laughs> Coming up on 101 ESPN. No. <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. All right. It's time for a rock. And roll here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, and what do you got? Well, well Randy, if you, if, you, if you could tell from my incredible handwriting, I didn't no. want you guys to look at the lineup because we don't oh. get, get to do this very often, but a 115 first pitch means that the Cardinals lineup out a little bit earlier. We get it before Wednesdays with Wayno, so we know who the pit, we know who the pitcher spot could be with Miles Michaelis today, but the rest of the lineup, big old question mark, and I'm going to need you guys to figure this one out for the All St. Louis right, fans. So right off the bat, leading off for the St. Louis Cardinals, who is it? Uh, Tommy It's going to be Edmund, right? Because Lars hasn't started a rehab no. assignment. Tommy. Right off the bat, Tommy Edmund is okay. leading off playing center field. Keep on rolling. Goldie. Oh, Brooke, you have, any, yeah. you have any problems with that? No. I mean, Goldie, Goldie at first base? Goldie at first base. Go to number three. Ooh. Is, um, it, is it going to be Gorman? Gorman's on the mound. It won't be Gorman. Oh. Ooh. Mm. Lefty on the mound. Good job, Randy. I am going to say that they move Wilson Contreras up to the three hole. Oh, after his two home run <laughs> yep. night last night. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It's about either going to be Contreras or Arnado. I was going to say Art. I'm going to okay. go with Arnado. Let's go, Ar- let's go Arnado. Arnado. Okay, fine. Five oh, Wilson. Willing. Wilson wow. Contreras at the DH spot is batting third for the Cardinals. Okay. Arnado. Well, then this Arnado. is Arnado. Yes. Easy one there. Nolan Arnado at third base, batting fourth. Bro Neal fifth. Is he? Yeah. Let's go, Tyler O'Neill. Kind of scuffling. Yeah. Left field. Okay. It's not. Gosh darn it. Okay. Uh, hold on then. Let's just think left about field. This. It's not, Is it going to be? It's not, not be Burley. Burleson, no. It's a lefty. No, it's, yeah, not against the lefty. Um, no, well, maybe J Dub. Do you, do you put J.W. Oh, and move him maybe. up that high? I, I'm I, I thinking wouldn't. Walker, maybe. It's not going to be Kisner. No. That high. Who is fifth? Um, Batting fifth for your St. Louis Cardinals. So you got a right field J-Dub. and you need a left field. Okay, We're going to go, go with J-Dub. Walker. Go J.W. In right field. Jordan yeah. Walker for your St. Louis Cardinals. There you go. So who's playing left okay. field? Who's batting sixth is the big question. Uh, well, he's <laughs> awesome. I'm going to go, go with O'Neal. O'Neal. Yeah, that's O'Neal. Maybe the, oh. knees Maybe the knee's hurting. Oh, oh okay. 
So well, you then, still need uh, a left fielder. What? What? Uh, no, not Palacios. Oh yeah, let's. let's no, it would be Palacios, right? Yeah, Richie. Richie? Oh no. Okay, uh, let's. Uh, I mean, the only other thing it could be is um, is it Burleson? Is not well, going to be. Yeah, gonna put Kisner you're gonna have six. a second baseman too. Oh, who's playing second base? Gorman. No. Uh, your guy, Brooke. Taylor? No, Taylor Motter, you're right. Batting six for the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, no. It's not Taylor Motter. Whoa, this There's is no Taylor so burly. <laughs> it's Burleson, right? No. Well, who the heck is what? left? Kisner. Right. Oh. Batting six and behind the plate for the Cardinals, Andrew Andy Kisner. Kisner. Okay. So you need a shortstop. Mason's going to be batting ninth. Yeah. So we're at seven, seven, eight. Still yeah. need a left fielder. O'Neal. Oh, bad knee today, right? You said bad knee. Mm-hmm. Oh, Left you fielder. did say bad knee I did. today. I did. Okay, so then that's Palacios. Palacios. That's Palacios. No? Wait, what? You are getting so much He's joy. He's getting joy what? out of this. He enjoys uh, hitting okay, that Okay, Burley button. here. Then it's Burleson. What the heck is going on here? <laughs> Did they call someone up that we didn't know? <laughs> it's modern yeah. in the left field. No, I'm kidding. Left no. field. Brendan we Donovan already... is hurt. New seven, bar is not bad. No. We're at seven. No. You got eight and nine still to play with. Yeah, but nine well, is, nine is Mason Wynn at shortstop. So well, you yes. need a second and baseman then... and a shortstop and a, and a left fielder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Motter. Did we say Taylor Motter? Okay. Taylor Motter. Yeah, seven go. for the Cardinals and playing second base. All right, so now you need a left fielder. Okay, Motter. Richie. And then Richie this is Palacios here. And then Mason Wynn. And then Mason Wynn. You guys already got that one. We need another ding for Palacios at um, left field. And so we'll (laughs) run it down for the full Cardinals. Tommy Edmond leading off, playing center field. Paul Goldschmidt batting second at first base. Your D.H. Wilson Contreras batting third. Nolan Arenado at third, batting cleanup. Jordan Walker up at the five spot, playing in right field. Your catcher, Andrew Kisner, batting sixth. Taylor Motter at second base, batting seventh. Richie Palacios in left field, batting eighth. And Mason Wynn, of course, in the ninth hole in his shortstop spot. There is your Cardinals lineup for 115 match against San Diego Padres. Nice. I like it a lot. You what, never know what to expect with these lineups. One other short thing. Um, I, I hate myself for doing this, but I cannot stop watching um, the new Skip Bayless show which he, where he doesn't <laughs> no. talk very much. And I just I only wanted to bring up a little moment here. It has nothing to do with them talking over each other. It's just that yesterday Richard Sherman said in front of Keyshawn and Michael Irvin that cornerback was a harder position to play than wide receiver. Michael Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson weirdly got angry at that comment and this is how Keyshawn Johnson <laughs> came at Richard Sherman. You said it's a harder position. Harder position. Harder position. Mm. What did you start off at? Receiver. Okay. Mm. <laughs> what does that say? Mm. You play receiver. You couldn't play it at the level that got you to where you are. Mm. So you went to corner because oh, it was yeah. much easier to do. Yeah. <laughs> that is a wild <laughs> argument from Keyshawn Johnson to say in Richard Sherman's face. <laughs> wild argument. I love it. I don't think so. Wide receivers are the craziest people on the planet. They are. They. I told you. They have. They have blinders on. They see nothing but what is in front of them. They don't see anything to either side. Nothing else matters to them. It's a. It's. It's a beautiful thing to a degree. (laughs) I wish I had that much confidence that I didn't care about anything outside of my viewpoint (laughs) right in front of me. I I wish I did. And that's who they are. The other thing is. In this game, cornerback is harder than receiver. 20 years ago, receiver might have been hard. Well, probably not. But there's no doubt that in today's game, because of the rules, 
playing cornerback is more difficult than playing wide receiver. All the rules favor the wide receivers. Indeed, it, fe- it favors offense. I definitely, I definitely think that it is p- harder playing cornerback. I think that's one of the hardest positions, you know, in football and maybe in sports. You have to be an elite person that can run backwards, can run fast, can turn, mm-hmm. have good hips, be able to, uh, you know, transition forward and do all of those things, have great anticipation. It is a tough position. As a receiver, you know exactly where you're going. You know exactly how many steps take, what angle you need to go. As a DB, you're you're reacting to everything that is going on in front of you. You have to be a much better athlete, in my opinion, than a receiver. Coming up, the birthday boy, Adam Wainwright, Wednesdays with Waino on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the Opening Drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. Today is Adam, Adam Wainwright's birthday, so he's going to join us in just a few minutes and uh, yes. celebrate uh, number 42. Number 42. Wow. It's a pretty good year for him. Yes. So at least for, in terms of the, you know what we, we're, we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're, what we're saying. Right. You know what we mean. 42 years old, yeah. 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 So, But he's pitched well his last two times out. Looking forward yes. to him getting back on the mound and hopefully getting to 200 victories, which would be a great milestone for him. Yes. yes. Indeed. Exactly. Uh, CD, um, there's something going on over here with the hats. We were discussing, we just played the lineup game a little bit earlier, and we said it felt like spring training because you don't know who's going to be in the lineup sometimes, uh, where in the lineup. And so what's going on with the hats over here? Putting on my GM hat. Okay. Now, Billy Martin, former Yankees manager, once did this. I think it was 1975. (laughs) Not going to hold. Hold on. Let me see if I can put it on. There you go. There we go. Oh, no. Now you're a real cowboy. You, but okay. <laughs> we're we're going to make it work somehow or another. All right. Okay, so this is good. I got my GM hat on. Oh, oh we can't put it on. All right. Got to take my GM hat off. Oh, we got to do this later then. <laughs> yep, we this do. Is a, this is a very important segment, though. Because it's yeah. interesting because the lineup game, it was challenging for us. It was. For various re- reasons. Had my GM hat on. I was ready. <laughs> Fired up, ready to go. <laughs> At least we got to see you in a cowboy hat for a second. Yeah, that's that's the highlight that's for important. sure. That is Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here, and we welcome to the Celebrity Line another world champion, two-time World Series champ Adam Wainwright. Happy birthday to you, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? Morning. Thank you, Randy. Doing great. Doing great. Just dropped my little man off at school, and uh, I was going to call you before that, but felt like the added entertainment was uh, <laughs> going to be a, more of a distraction than it was anything else. <laughs> okay. He, he's beautiful. By the way, we'll uh, we'll get started with this. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Adam. Happy birthday to you. There you go. And many more. Oh, um, did we have good singing I'm gra- voices? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Brooke for keeping that together right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't actually bringing the Adam Wainwright uh, national anthem vibe to the the song there, but I tried my best. I tried hard. <laughs> you did great. You did great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, do you have? And obviously, you have spent most of your life's birthdays now 
playing baseball, right? Do you have a birthday that is just kind of set apart that is in your mind's eye as either your favorite or most memorable? Forty-two for sure. <laughs> Good. This will be the best one. Well, I think uh, you know. Um, I've had a couple opportunities to. I think I've thrown a couple complete games on birthdays um, through the big leagues. Maybe for forty and thirty-nine, both. I think I did it. Um, those are pretty memorable, you know. And and I like pitching on. You know, big days like that. I, I, I've my wife's birthday, my mom's birthday, my brother's birthday, you know, those kinds of things. I feel like I always get up a little bit more for those games. So um, maybe I just need to act like every day is Randy Carricker's birthday, you know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a whole week uh, thing that we had here. Yeah, we had a whole week worth of that. It was it was oh, a Randy lot. week. Uh, Randy, Randy, Adam, Randy listen, we had so much food brought in here every <laughs> single day. It was all types of treats, cheesecakes. It was cream, gooey butter cake. It was so many different things that we are not supposed to eat on a regular basis. It was brought in every single Uh-oh. day. Yeah, it was it was rough. I, I thought I noticed the difference, Randy. I just didn't want to say anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Believe me, wow. I know. I know. There you go. That was a good one, Adam. <laughs> well, Adam, I wanted to ask you about. You talked about the other day about digging back into 2014 video of yourself for some recent inspiration. Why specifically that year? And I think that we probably know why, but why that year? And what were you able to implement from reviewing that film of yourself from 2014 into your recent outings? Well, so that year, um, mentally, I was just ahead of the pack you know I just was ahead of the hitter I knew what he was thinking I knew what he was going to do before he knew what he was going to do I knew I knew what the hitter's reaction to each pitch I threw was going to be it was really cool it was a really cool time for me um and uh you know I, I'm probably going to win that Cy Young if I don't have kind of a little elbow tweak about three-fourths through the year but still pitched great I still had a great year but that was it was so fun to go, you know what I felt like? I felt like it, like an elite quarterback, you know, when you see Brady or Mahomes walk up to the line and they look out at the defense and they go, that's what you're thinking? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's, that's kind of what I felt like. And so, you know, I, my, uh, my body's been dealing with a litany of things this year and so stuff's down a little bit. But I felt like, you know what, mentally, if I'm in the right space and I'm still thinking like a pitcher and still out there competing my tail off, there's a lot of things I can still do pretty good at this level. And so I went back to 14 to just kind of get some of those, um, just some of those anecdotes, you know, this, what was I thinking on that pitch and why was I thinking it and what, walking through at bats and, and games. And, and uh, you know, sometimes it's good to look back at prior success and, and get that good mojo going into a game. Well, and also did that account for the longer pants and the shaven face too? So shaving face kind of happened by accident, and I think everybody who has a beard or trims it at, at one point has, has done this. So I, I I wanted to take it down because I, I had let it get really long. It was kind of obnoxious, and so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take the sides down to a three, and I'll maybe you know take the goatee down to like a four maybe. Or, and then I got going, I was like, oh, let's just take it all to a three. So I took it to a three, and I was like, yeah, but I kind of wanted that goatee to pop a little bit so I took the sides to a two 
And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just take everything lower. And I went to a two everywhere. And then I thought, you know, this mustache is kind of annoying. So I took that <laughs> to a one, and then I looked at it, and I thought, you know, that looks a little crazy to have it just different like that. So I thought, okay, I'll just take everything to a one, and we'll just kind of start over. And then I, I shaved it down so low, I'm like, you know what, I might as well just go ahead and shave the whole thing <laughs> off. You know, that's kind of how but, uh, you know, signified. It was, maybe it signified a clean start, too. But then, um, but then, but then the, uh, the pants down, that, was kind of, that came from the, <clears throat> from the videos I was watching. You know, I thought, because I didn't start doing only pants up until like three years ago. Maybe four years. Three or four years ago, I started going pants up because my buddy John Gonser here in St. Louis, he says, hey, man, I know you only wear pants up on Sundays. But I just got to tell you, every time you wear pants up, you pitch great and you win. Mm. So I'm like, well, shoot. I mean, gosh, if that's, <laughs> that's the correlation, I'll, I'll give it a try, you know. And so uh, I tried it out, and the next game I think I threw a complete game or something, and I'm like, well, Dad, gum, okay, here we go. And so uh, then I just kind of got – I got comfortable with that feeling of getting you know, your pants up, they're out of the way, you don't have to worry about them anymore, you know, and then – a lot of people are saying, dude, that's a good look for you. I was like, all right, well, shoot, I'll be a pants-up guy. And then I thought, you know, that could be like, when I put the pants up, that's like signifying game time. So, all right, that works for a long time. And then, you know, I was watching that 14 film, and I'm going, well, dang, that, that doesn't look too bad, you know, and I'm pretty good pitcher back then. Maybe I'll give that a try again. But I, and I put them on right before the game. And I still, I've done it so many times in a row now, pants up, it felt kind of awkward. You know, I'm like, ah, I don't know. I really want to do this. And so I'm in my pitchers meeting with Dusty, and I was like, all right, Dusty, your call. Pants up or pants down? He goes, well, you're kind of a pants up guy, but let's go pants down today. I said, all right, there you go. That's how it happened. <laughs> Simple. Very cool. Adam, talk so to Dylan, me. Dylan Carlson's been trying to get me to go pants down for a while now. He, he likes, because I throw my bullpens with pants down. Dylan says, dude, you look you look swaggy when you got your pants down. So that's so why. Adam, I, I do want to tell you, when people just turning in, tuning in, and hearing pants up, pants down, they're going to be a little confused. So we are talking about pants leg, uh, not pants down. Just so we're, we're clear. I, you know, I just want to make sure we, uh, we're all on the same page here. Hey, y'all need to get your minds out of the gutter. We have children in the studio, Adam. It's it's gonna happen. I got, I got five I got five kids at home I'm dealing with, and I gotta deal with this too on the radio. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Adam, talk to us about that win last night. How how good that felt to to see Tommy Edmond uh, hit the game when he hit hit see Wilson Contreras get those two home runs. How did that feel for that team yesterday? For your team last night? Well, I tell you, man, it's uh. It's a good feeling because I, you know, I'm walking through the dugout last night. I'm going, hey, this game's not over, you know. And then you see guys kind of perk up, you know. It's not over. I think sometimes when you're in a funk, when you get behind, I think you can you can lay down a little too easy, you know. And so just uh, just seeing Wilson get that big hit, that big home run to center field to tie it up, his second of the game. We needed that so bad. You know, we needed somebody to step up and, and put the team on their back for a day. Wilson did that yesterday. I mean, of course, you know, Goldie gets on base again like he does when we need him to in big spots. He just continues to do that. And, and uh, you know, he just – Wilson just – he hit a – the guy was throwing 100 miles an hour. 
and he throws a, a nasty pitch below the zone. And Wilson went down and hit it. Hit that ball. It had to be over 110 on a line to center field, halfway up that berm and center. That's not easy to do. But it was a big-time swing, and we had to have it because we just had to somehow, somehow somebody had to get us off the schneid. You know, somebody had to get the script flipped. And uh, hopefully that leads to a lot of good games here. Adam Wainwright with us. It's Wednesdays with Waino here on 101 ESPN. And Adam, Alex Cobb, I don't know if you saw this from the Giants, was within an out of a no-hitter last night. He goes eight and two-thirds. We saw that happen with Waka in his rookie year here. Uh, Why do you think it happens so much that a guy gets 26 but can't get the 27th out? It seems like it happens pretty much. Man, I watched it. I don't know. I I always, I mean, it's. My wife and I, anytime we see no hitter after seven, we turn it on no matter who, whose game it is. And, and she loves baseball too. So we, we turned it on and, and, uh, saw the first and second out. And then as soon as he hit that ball, I was thinking, oh, no, because you know how it's, it's just a big expanse out there in right field in San Francisco. That's just a lot of ground to cover. Um, I don't know why it happens like that. You know, we saw Miles Michaels miss one last year, eight and two-thirds. Fly ball to center field with Harrison Bader out there. You would think for sure that ball's getting caught. If we had him played in a little bit more than normal and he gets down and walk it, the, the tapper over the mound. It's just like closing the game out, you know. People who don't understand, those last three outs are different. Those last three outs are different, and it takes a different mindset to get them out. It, it just does, and it, it's hard to explain because you think, it's, what's the difference in those three outs? The other teams, the other teams pressing really hard, and pressure's on, the fans are on you. And those last three can, it can mess with your psyche a little bit if you're not prepared for it, and, and sometimes, sometimes it gets you. But uh, I think with with that last out, I don't know if it, I don't know what it is. If the other team just gets, you know, lucky or if it's or if it's just because they've gotten out twenty six times in a row and the odds are that they're finally gonna get a hit. I don't I don't know what it is, but it does seem like it happens a lot. I remember there was a guy named Dave Steve. I think he had four I think he had four no hitters broken up in the in the last inning, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, Toronto. Good memory. Yeah, and I, and I think he ended up did, he ended up throwing one. But his his last one that he got broken up in the ninth inning you got to go back and look at this. It's just a standard ground ball to second, and it hits a rock or something on the ground and kicks 10 feet over the second baseman's head. It's just like no rhyme or reason why that would happen. Just unbelievable bad luck. So I don't know why it happens, but uh, I'd like to try it. I'd like to get to eight and two-thirds and try to get that last out. And by the way, and I know you believe this, if Adam Wainwright has a no-hitter going, or any Cardinal has a no-hitter going, uh, if Chip Carey and Brad Thompson are tuned in, don't talk about it. You're a, you're a big believer in that. The broadcaster should not talk about the no-hitter, right? Absolutely not. No chance, man. That, that, and look, I don't know if I believe in jinxes and curses and all that either, but I'll tell you this. There's no doubt in my mind that as soon as you talk about something that's happening good in baseball, Five seconds later, it's going to end. That's why we're on the other side of that. I can't tell you how many times this has worked. When we're on the other side of that, somebody's got a no-hitter going, I start telling everybody in the dugout, hey, did y'all know this guy's got a no-hitter going? Man, this guy's got a no-hitter going. And the next, I'm telling you, the next pitch, half the times I do it, the next pitch is the base hit. That's, That's fantastic. Awesome. Hey, we're so looking forward to participating in 
the Big League Impact St. Louis Fantasy Football League. It's going to be a lot of fun. It was great to be with you a couple of weeks ago to kick things off. And, man, it's right here. One week from tomorrow is the NFL season opener. Yeah, I'm ready for it, too. I, I'm really ready for it. Uh, it's just, you know what, in, in this game of baseball, you need some outlets. And I've been telling our young guys this, because some of our young guys are, are baseball-only people. They play a little bit of video games better or whatever, but they they just they go they go home and they grind about, all right, how am I going to get better, and then, which is good to an extent. But you will drive yourself crazy if you do that for 365 days. They need to get hobbies. But I don't care if that's – you want to go play golf, that'd be great. Golf's a good one. Fishing. Do something, right? Do something that you can do throughout the year, too. That provides a little bit of break away from the, 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 the mind game that baseball is. And, and fantasy football is one of those for me. I mean, I just – I love playing fantasy football. I love, I love watching the NFL. I love how good those guys are and how – rough it is. I love the game of football itself, college and NFL. But that just is a, it's a good outlet for me, and it's a good outlet for baseball players around the league. It's, and it also provides a lot of camaraderie. You get together, have a big draft. And, you know, then you find yourself talking about it at dinners and all kinds of stuff. It, it's a good thing to do. And you can learn more about what's going on with Big League Impact at bigleagueimpact.org. Wayno, have a great birthday. Glad that you're playing a day game tonight. Enjoy it with your family tonight, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, I appreciate it. And if uh, anybody's interested, there, Big League Impact on the website um, is uh, uh, got a limited edition Wayno t-shirt that's that's only available for a little bit of time uh, because of my birthday today. So anybody wants to support Big League Impact and needs an extra blue t-shirt, go to go to uh, bigleagueimpact.org and, and uh, check it out. I'll Thanks, give, guys. Appreciate th- it. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate it. Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. Go to bigleagueimpact.org and get that shirt today. And Adam insists that all of his shirts, he tries them on, that they're very soft and comfortable. So I can guarantee you, because I have like three Adam Wainwright shirts, that they are all of high quality. And so if you order one from BigLeagueImpact.org, you're going to like it. Yeah, I like the one the other day from Big League Impact from the Fantasy Camp, that Mm -hmm. green one. It's so comfy. Very nice. Very nice. We're going to head down the stretch here on this edition of The Opening Drive next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Cards and Padres wrapping up their three-game series today at the ballpark. 115 tickets still available if you'd like to head on over to see Miles Michaelis pitch against Rich Hill. Should be a beautiful afternoon, and we hope you'll enjoy it. We also want you to head on over to Blues and Brews September 22nd at the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Get fired up for the Blues season at an outdoor street party featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox. Appearances by blues players and alumni and food trucks, blues merch, 101 ESPN giveaway ways and more. Tickets on sale now at 101ESPN.com and additional event details are there as well. And you purchase your tickets for Blues and Brews on September 22nd at 101ESPN.com. Great job today by our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. And Brooke, this was fun. How about that? How about that? How about that? CD? I love all those. That your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? And you can hear all our interviews, Greg Amzinger, Adam Wainwright, and more on the 101 ESPN app or at 101ESPN.com, brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. For all of us, 
We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. And until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great hump day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.